Hi there, Future Rob here. Just a quick word to say that today's episode is not up to my usual standard of audio, so sorry about that. We did our best. You're listening to the Robert Hartley Games Master Podcast. The following is the audio from my interview series, Short Rest, aired live on twitch.tv forward slash Robert Hartley GM. During the Short Rest series, I sit down with a fellow tabletop role-playing game content creator for about two hours and get to know them a bit. If you want to see the accompanying visuals at any time, you can find them on my YouTube channel by searching for Robert Hartley GM. Enjoy! Friends, fans, and fine folk, grab your drinks and snacks and come down around the campfire for this short rest with me and my friend Ash from Catchy Cantrips! How's it going, Ash? Uh, Welcome in to this short rest interview series. Well, I don't like to call it an interview because that implies I've actually got questions lined up and uh, and has some sort of order to it. It's more of just a chill chat around the campfire, which leads me into my first question: Why are we taking a short rest? So, are we on are we on some kind of a mission? Uh, Are we are we out of spell slots? Are we almost dead and we need to roll some hit dice? What's uh what's this short rest that we need to set up? Uh, I mean, I could just go classic, like, dungeon run, and we're in Yeah, the just like a dungeon, dungeon crawl. Yeah, I reckon yeah. I reckon we're on a dungeon crawl. It's been a while since we've done one of those. People often uh, poo-poo the idea of, like, hack-and-slash dungeon crawlers in D&D these days, but I think they've got some merit. I think that a lot of people can enjoy a good uh, move from one room to the next, slay monsters, getting loot. Yeah. So we're in the middle of an underground... What sort of, what sort of a dungeon is it? Like an old wizard's lair, or like a kobold's trapped den, a warren? Like Ooh, a... I do love some kobolds. Kobolds uh, are good, lots right? Lots of, uh, traps and kobolds are brilliant. Yeah. They're, they're one of my favorite sort of level one monsters because they're just so. They're, they've got a lot of lore to them about like why they why they do what they do and the, the little cowardly nature of them, but the fact that they're so clever at, at escaping and setting traps. So yeah, let's say let's say we're chasing some kobolds through a kobold warren. Um, and, uh, and 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 we've been trapped by a few few too many um, cobalt traps, uh, and so we decided that we're just going to barricade one of the doors and uh, and have a little short rest in here. Are we um are we setting up a, a campfire to cook some food, or are we just sitting on rations? What are we eating for this short rest? Yeah, I I say um, we're just kind of huddled up into the room. Then no campfire. I'm no campfire. We're just hiding in the dark. We've got to hide from the cobalts because we don't know when they're going to be coming back. Yep. All right. Um, uh, how about drinks? What are we drinking for the short rest? We got any wine, wine skins, or just just water? Got a got a spring in, in this uh, in this little dungeon. Ooh. Um. Hmm. We could say that we grabbed some water from maybe some of the traps or something like that. There was uh, like a, there was like a um. Yeah. One of the <laughs> one of the rooms was like a a water trap that slowly filled up the 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 room full of water, and we realized it's actually fresh water. So we'll just refill our water skins before we set off from there. There was always <laughs> that chance that it was poison and that that was part of the trap because it was just it didn't seem like it was part of it. it was yeah. That there was a thing of water, but <laughs> yeah, we were like, why would they? I mean, this it's quite pure fresh water it's clean it's like it's filtered for some reason they're using filtered water on their bad guys then maybe that's because they want they maybe the kobolds intend to eat the people that they drown in that trap and so they don't want to be using poison on them it's ruins the meat so we're set up for our uh, short rest we're gonna have a little breather get some get some spell slots back and whatnot uh, or well uh, get some hit points back something like that um Let's uh, let's let's start by chatting about uh, the name Catchy Cantrips. Where did where did that come from? 
Okay, so now that you guys can hear me, I think, um, <laughs> we very quickly came up with the name because we were being goobers and we were just throwing a bunch of names uh, at the board and deciding what sounded nice. So I know it's not super glamorous and that there's not this long-winded, hey, great adventure. That's how a lot of things happen. Um, but yeah, it was literally, we were like, we need a fun name. But then we realized actually vastly too late that um, that there is Careful Cantrip and a bunch of other cantrips. There's a hundred ones. cantrips, yeah. Oh, but then no. again, But then again, there's a, like... In the world of D&D streaming, D&D content creation, every name is going to have something with the word critical, cantrip, dice. It's going to have something like that. There's a million different critical dice or critical hit collectibles or critical this or that roll. Some pun on the word roll. They've all been taken at this point. So it's not like you're going to have some way of of coming up with something that's completely unique and also somehow references D&D or role-playing. So it's going to happen. I also, I don't know how you handle uh, uh, having so many people talking to you at one time, because, like, I'm so tempted to look down, and I just love, like, the random little things that people say, like, somebody called me out and said that I'm actually working with the tech goblins, and then I'm going to be splitting the channel points, and that's why I gave you that idea, is that, you know, I'm getting Uh, in on the points, and I'm like, ah, they got me. Exactly. Oh, man. Yep. Uh, yeah, I tend to handle it by ignoring them entirely, um, <laughs> especially for short rests. So short rests, you guys can use your channel points. Speaking of channel points, you can use them to ask questions of me and the uh, and the guest, uh, and that makes sure that I uh, don't miss the questions. If you use your channel point, um, ask a D&D question, redemption, then it goes into the list of channel point redemptions. It doesn't get missed. And then in the last 20 minutes or so of the, uh, of the episode today, we'll, uh, we'll go and uh, go through that list of questions. So make sure you're asking the questions. If you're just asking them regularly in the channel, then it's likely they're just going to get missed while I'm tra- while I'm chatting. Um, and then my audience, my chat knows that, and they entertain themselves by just having conversations amongst themselves for the most part. Oh, <laughs> you have all man. of the secret I love, I love you saying like, yeah, I just don't pay attention to them. My immediate <laughs> thought was, see, this is why they were telling me that you're actually mean to them. Exactly. Uh, when I was talking to some of them in the Discord. Exactly. We know we've got an understanding. They troll me, I troll them back. We're, it's, a, <laughs> it's an unhealthy relationship. Um, <laughs> so what were we saying? So, so catch cantrips. Can you remember the, any of the uh, other alternatives that were like forerunners? Anything that you were tossing up between before you landed on? Oh catch yeah, cantrips? like I had said when um, the mic was doing its own thing. Um, uh, one of the ideas that we had was roll with it, just because, mm. you know, another one that's probably yeah, yeah, yeah. two million people. But uh, it was actually taken by a logging company. I guess it was like roll with it, like roll Ro- the logs. Rolling the logs onto like the that. yeah, makes sense. Something yeah. like that. So you uh, you did your due diligence, googled the things. Does this actually exist yet? Um, that's one of the benefits yeah. of me just going with my name for this Robert Hartley GM. Uh, that's that's me. There's very very unlikely that there's another Robert Hartley who's also into dungeon mastering or games mastering or is a general manager or something. One of the one of the, one of the GMs could be. Um, uh, and so it, it just seemed like a logical choice for me because I didn't like uh, naming things is hard and it's hard enough when I'm a dungeon master and somebody asks the town guard for his name and I have to come up with something on the spot uh, and then uh, well that's the NPC's name and, he t- and then they make a big deal of him so he becomes like a big NPC in the whole campaign and you're like well now I, I never really thought he'd be a big deal when I named him Fred 
and now he's in the camp. And then I always have this, uh, this, 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 um, uh, uh, this fear, this anxiety that's that's around whenever I have to name anything, like in the in the game, a town, a, a city, a, a, a monster. I'm going. Well, this is going to be a big deal. I'm gonna. They're going to be like scrutinizing the name and thinking about it, and it's going to be on all of their notebooks forevermore. And I better, I better be something good. And then, I'm, and so I was like, I'm not going to go through that with my whole channel and my whole brand. I'll just go with my name. And it seems seems to have worked. The, um, I mean, that's fair. I don't have a uh, the anonymity to hide behind on um, like accounts on any anything online, any social medias or anything. I can't just hide behind it. The, the brand name account, RHGM, I suppose. My personal accounts, my business accounts. Might have, might have to split them at some point. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so, so I wonder how many. Uh, I wonder how many other Robert Hartleys there are now, because I, I had just seen a thing on, um, I think it was on Twitter or something like that, um, the other day, where there's like a bunch of accounts that get made a lot of the time that are very close mm. to people with decent-sized communities. Um, and so I wonder if there's like variations now. Maybe, yeah, maybe, if, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm big enough to, to have had some, uh, some, some fake ones popping up and pretending to be me. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't checked it out, actually. I should do. Uh, whenever there's a new media pops up, like when Twitter was burning down recently and, uh, and, and everybody was jumping ship and going over to a couple of other different ones, uh, I went onto those new uh, platforms that were starting up and grabbed the Robert Hartley GM tag in case I needed it. I even uh, grabbed Robert Hartley GM on OnlyFans because I was like, I'm not going to let somebody start an OnlyFans and pretend to be me. Um, so I was like, again, I'll go out there and grab the, the domains that I can. And I grabbed Rob, roberthartleygm.com as well, just to, to sit on that for when I needed the um, when I need the website later. That's um, so funny. That yeah. That you have someone making an OnlyFans for you, and all they post is like a bunch of toes. So well, I, that <laughs> so that they no could idea. have been exactly. So yeah. I, I I grabbed I grabbed uh, uh, Robert Hartley OnlyFans, and then I put as the tag on it. Um, uh, I'm a dungeon master, if you know what I mean. Uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Instantly 500 follows. Exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. Anyway, uh, the um, the Catchy Cantrips team, it's just you and your partner, David? Yeah, so it, it pretty much is just us for pr most everything. Uh, the game that we're making and stuff, which I know we're probably going to talk about in a little bit, but the game that we're making... We had help from two of our friends um, that have much better grammar than we do because <laughs> we are just all over the place. We're artists and not with words. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they, they have much better grammar than we do. And so they were helping us with a lot of the editing and stuff because it's a lot of text for the game. Mm -hmm. um, but then we also have a friend who is coding the whole darn thing. So... It is pretty much just the two of us, except for when it comes to that game. Yeah, but everything else enough. is just us. Well, that's a perfect segue then. Um, tell me about what it is that... Summarize for me, for anybody who's in my community and doesn't know, what is Catch Cantrips? What do you guys do? Oh, goodness. Um, we are a... a very confused brand. <laughs> that, um... We are streamers, but then we're also becoming game creators and leaning more into the community building aspect of it. But we 
basically build um, a homebrew world on our stream. So if you haven't already checked out our stream, I definitely recommend it. Uh, we're constantly making homebrew content and uh, working on this game. And then we also have a campaign that we do um, or that we've done. But we actually, our campaign ended, I think, like two months ago or something like that. And we, we're going to do another one at some point, but this game is, like, priority right yeah, now. So, the long-winded way of saying, we do things. D&D-related things. Always D&D or any other TTRPGs? Um, I guess it's mainly just D&D as of right now. But, I mean, the game itself kind of just takes a little bit from a lot of things. So, mainly D&D for now. Makes sense. Makes sense. Same, same with me. Like I'm, I, I called myself GM when I started out because uh, giving myself that future-proofing option of expanding away from Dungeons and Dragons might not just be a DM for the rest of my life. Uh, but I do at this stage uh, mostly do Dungeons and Dragons-related things. Um, I just play a lot of other TTRPGs, mostly on other people's channels and whatnot. So, do you have a favorite? Uh, favorite TTRPG? It has to be D and D. Yeah, that's why I've stuck with it for so long. Um, but favorite like one page RPGs, I really have a soft spot for uh, sexy battle wizards. You ever heard of that one? It is exactly as it sounds. You are you are a wizard and you have three stats: sexy, battle, and wizard. And uh, and so if you come across a guard, you, uh, you you might want to seduce the guard out of the way, in which case you roll sexy. You might want to just punch the guard out, <laughs> then you roll battle, or you might want to do some sort of magic to charm him or something or you know, make him think that there's something going on elsewhere in case, in case you uh, roll wizard. Um, and you either roll 1d6, 2d6, or 3d6, depending on your stats, which one you put which in. Um, and that's it. <laughs> that's pretty much the entire character sheet, and it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a, very, it's a very silly um, one-shot uh, RPG that I run with Sarah Moore from Sarah's Table. Uh, very good. Oh, um, man. I need to... I need to remember that or note it down or something like that because that sounds like complete shenanigan. And it it absolutely that... was. It's a very much a shenanigans-based game. Um, what are your What are your experiences with other TTRPGs? Do you have any favorites yourself? Um, I honestly, I feel so bad because I feel like I'm not actually super experienced with a lot of TTRPGs, and I've been seeing so many of them. I mean, even more now uh, since the whole fiasco yeah. of things of different systems and stuff coming out. Um, but yeah, I honestly, I don't know. I, I've done a couple of different variations of things of like D and D. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a noob. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Have you only played D and D then? Have you played any, any, any uh, anything else at all? Have you ever played any Pathfinder? No, I no. haven't. I'm missing out on the world. Blades of the Dark. Honey Heist, none of them. We're going to have to I, get you in for so a one-shot sometime. A lot of those that you just listed, I had opportunities to play them, but I was always busy the mm, day that right, my friend yeah, yeah. group that I play a lot of these games with were playing. So I'm like, crap, I've heard those, and I almost did, but I didn't. So, <laughs> no. Well, I've, I've, uh, there's a lot of them that I haven't played either. Um, I've never played Vampire the Masquerade yet, but uh, next week for Jasper's Game Week, um, which is a charity... Uh, charity stream. 
Uh, I'll be I'll be in a game of Vampire the Masquerade for the first time, which is very exciting. Um, and on mm-hmm. Tuesday coming up, I'm playing my first game of Blades in the Dark um, with Sarah's Table, which is going to be very exciting as well. So little by little, I'm also working my way through them. You know, a couple of years ago, I hadn't played any of them either, and now I've played at least one shot of a whole bunch of different games. I uh, I ran a game um, recently, well not recently, about a year ago or so, uh, called Kaiju Girls. Um, which is a one-page game where you are all like Japanese schoolgirls who can turn into kaiju at will, um, <laughs> or if you if your stress gets too high, if the stress mechanic gets to six or something, you turn into a kaiju monster and start attacking the city, and then everybody else get also gets stressed from that, and they can also then turn into kaiju as well. And it's just another shenanigans-based silly silly game. It's very fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of uh, RPGs out there, and that's why I went with GM in the title instead. Um, I mean, that's smart. It makes sense. Now I kind of want to get a list from you because I yeah. feel like you keep listing all these, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, that's thousands. so fun. There's thousands. You could just look up Grant Howitt, who keeps churning them out month by month. Uh, Grant Howitt's probably the most prolific one-page RPG author. He keeps making all of these games. He's the, he's the guy who created Honey Heist, probably one of the most more famous one-page RPGs where you're playing bears who want to steal honey. <laughs> bears in hats, importantly. Uh, <laughs> it has to be, yeah. It's a what? It's what? It's one page for all of the rules, and yet he still he still uses a good quarter of the page for just a, a table deciding which hat you're wearing, which has no mechanical benefit on the game at all. But it's it, that's it sort of sets the tone for how important the rules are in those sorts of games. Um, oh, um, somebody just mentioned one that really uh, I really liked as well called Ten Candles that I ran was uh, well, well I played in um, with a friend of mine uh, Dreaded GM who um, uh, he ran this uh, sorry they run this um, horror like game and it's and it's played with uh, lights off in a darkened room and you just have ten tea lights or ten candles as the only light and every time that something bad happens to one of you and your characters or whatever. You uh, you blow out one of the candles, and once all the candles are gone, everybody's dead. And it's like it's a it's a game where you are guaranteed like you go into it knowing this is going to end in a TPK. You are going to die. Like that's the, that's the aim of the game. There's no eventually. winning. There's no like, there's no you winning. Just die. You're going to die. The point of ten candles is to tell as compelling and interesting a story as you can in the last few few moments or few minutes or few days of your character's life as it were as some horror chases you down and finishes you all off um and it's very compelling and really fun in a if, if you're into that uh, those sorts of games and those sorts of stories it's an incredible game it's very good anyway we're not talking about that we're talking about D D. we're talking about Kev, uh, Kev cantrips i'm doing it as well now Catch, catchy cantrips <laughs> the name so so you started out you started out when when was your intent right from the very beginning? We're going to be making D and D content, or were you just like, we'll just we'll start streaming and see if there's an audience for it? Or what was what? Why did you get into it, and why did you start in the first place? Uh, the whole reason why we started in the first place is because uh, David and I both really love creating creatures, and we also like world building as a whole. And initially, our idea was that we were going to make this world and we would have a campaign that was super interactive and we kept trying to figure out ways to make it more interactive. So anybody that was hanging out with us or was chatting uh, or what have you would be able to affect things in the world, in the campaign, as stuff was happening. Mm -hmm. And the whole premise was that we had so much fun playing um, D&D and making up things with our friends 
that we wanted to do that with more people. Um, so it wasn't anything grand. It wasn't like this huge idea to start with, uh, but it slowly grew over time because more people would come in and then suggest things. Um, and it's funny because initially we were thinking that the game that we're building now was going to be like this really small part. It was just going to be this cute little game right. where you can play it on the Discord and it would be super small and you can kind of just interact with some of the creatures that you made with us. And it slowly blew up into this like whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, our, our original intention was just literally, hey, this is really fun. We enjoy it. We make good memories with our friends. Like, let's do this with more people. That sounds cool. Awesome. Uh, and that's it. And how long ago was this? How long have you been um, streaming and creating? Honestly, not that long ago. I think um, a year and three months or something like that is nice. how long we've had uh, Catchy. So. so you mentioned this game that you're creating. What is this game you're creating? Tell us about that. Oh, goodness. Okay, so <clears throat> I have a 10-page uh, document here ready to not... <laughs> Just, this is my you. this is my elevator pitch. As long as the elevator is is going at least thirty floors. Yes, maybe more, maybe more. How how fast? <laughs> how is fast is the? You have to hit the stop button a few times. You have yeah. to you have to um, down all of the buttons on the elevator, and then you can pitch it. Perfect. Yes. Um, so, the the game. I'm still curious as to how much you even know. So part of me is like, how specific should I get her? Should I just put you on the spot and be like, I don't know, you tell me. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think it is. And then you can okay. correct anything that I've gotten wrong. All right. Yes. So I hope you uh, get a lot wrong. Then, I can <laughs> then you can, then you can pick it. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. So the, uh, the idea, as you mentioned, started out as a very small thing that people can play on your Discord, and, um, and, it, and it probably had a same sort of impetus as my original uh, Discord, which was to be like this. Uh, my Discord originally started out as kind of like a role-play. Um, there was elements where you could just chat normally, but there was, the majority of it was like role-play kind of server with, the, and that's why everything in my Discord's named like the tavern and the town square, and it's like the Discord is a town and everybody in there is like a character and things. And the mods are known as the knights, the, the sort of the, the police force of the, the town as it were, and that sort of thing. Um, and it very quickly grew to an unmanageable size and that was causing us all sorts of problems. We were like, we're gonna relegate that to another server now. Uh, and that started out as like a separate server of its own for the roleplay side of things. But you probably started out with that kind of an idea of like, oh, people can roleplay uh, role and have it like this this MMO kind of style, get, like a video gamey kind of thing where you can go on dungeon crawls. Obviously, we're in a D&D community, so people like that kind of content. Um, and you wanted this little bot. And then it's grown now into the size of a thing that you're like, we need a Kickstarter for this to actually be able to finish it because it's so huge. Uh, but the idea is that it's going to be text-based MMORPG, so you can just like World of Warcraft or something. You can you can create a character, you can craft weapons, you can make, uh, fiddle around with your stats and what your character looks like. I think is there's going to be like a room for the profile picture, so you can come up with like what your uh, your your character looks like. Uh, then you go on quests. There's NPCs in this bot. The the bot will tell you different locations with different NPCs in it, and you can get quests from them and go and slay monsters and get loot uh, and then you can upgrade weapons and there's going to be a pvp element somehow as well um and you can level up your character over time <laughs> i mean you did way better than i thought you did not thought you would not to say 
that I thought you were going to mess it up. But I was. You, you had no faith in me. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, you did say, I don't know, when I asked earlier. Yeah, because you got to, exactly, you got to set up a low expectation so that then when I actually go around to doing it, knock it out of the pack. Uh, relatively because you've because you've shot because you've you've shot the distance of the park so it's easier to get a home run <laughs> oh my goodness you you actually nailed a good bit of it um i think the main thing is the emphasis of so our game um is actually going to and this is wild to me is actually going to be the first one that exists like it um so we're getting thirsties um and Unique. it is not to get anything unique these days. Yes. It's also interesting because it's been a challenge because it is different. Because, because um, it's different, you're so, having to pioneer all of the different things of it. Like, nobody's done something exactly. like this that we can steal from our copy uh, hero. It's actually really funny. That has been such a huge issue that I never thought would mm. be an issue. Because it's like, oh, make something unique. It's great. You don't even have to worry about anything. But holy cow, the number of people that have come to us and been like, okay, so it's like chat gbt like you're running a thing through like a word mm. thing and i'm like no not at all we're, <laughs> at we're all writing like this stuff and they're like oh so it's like you run your own campaigns through the thing that you made and i was like no it's its own <laughs> thing like it's its own full already made thing uh, and they're like okay so then it's just like a normal rpg like i don't know if you know about these but uh there's epic brownie and ultimate rpg um, which are also like role-playing games-ish uh, for Discord. And so then that's the last one is people are like, oh, you're like these. And I'm like, no, we're not. We looked those up too. But um, what's, the, what's the distinction between those, those and yours then? What do you, what do you do that is different that if, the, if there is like an RPG Discord thing already? Yeah, so those actually, they're really cool. Um, not to like randomly talk about other people's donations too. I'm so good at marketing myself. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're also really awesome. Um, but the main difference between theirs and ours is that ours is more of a choose your own adventure style game. Right. Um, so it actually has uh, branching narratives that are like long narratives where you're interacting with people with um, creatures with the world and with the lore right. so then you're actually going through these big dialogues where you have selections where you can choose to do and engage with things in different ways or to communicate with different NPCs in different ways whereas those other games are um, more of like click based where you just sit there and you click and like if you're battling something you just click attack attack like repeatedly and then right. your character is supposedly attacking, um, right, which okay. I know is a market. Like some people love yeah, that yeah, just yeah. to try to build up the points and stuff. So, uh, but ours is not like that at all. It's where you actually have to go through the branching narratives. You have to learn the lore and interact with the characters. And combat is a lot like D&D where you roll initiative and then you can choose depending on your class you can actually choose between a bunch of different spells right. you can heal mid-battle and do yeah. a bunch of different things rather than just clicking a button that says yeah. attack yeah like it's that more strategy yeah, yeah yeah that makes sense i like that that sounds cool so what's um 
what's the scope of this thing? Like, how how big is it? Like, does it is it an ongoing thing? Like, once like with D and D, you can just keep going with your character for as long as you want to, or is it like got set endings that you've written into it with the narrative? Um. So. It doesn't actually have any set endings because everybody's interaction with it is going to be unique. Um, because I think the best way to put it is it's like an open world video game um, where, yes, there's uh, central parts of the story or like main things that you learn about the world, but a lot of the going and doing all the side quests and stuff is completely random depending on what you choose. Right. Um, so it's kind of more like that, but then there isn't solid endings. I think it's going to continue to grow uh, as our community grows, since it's so community-focused in that everybody is contributing to it. Not to mention that this is like my favorite part, because I think this is so cool, but we're going to be taking things that people do and adding it back into the world. So say you make a character right. and... Yeah. I know somebody in here is going to do this, <laughs> but so you make a character and you're a total murder hobo. You just go through and you're like, I'm going to kill everyone and everything that I can in this game for no apparent reason and choose every like terrible option just because it's funny. Um, and then go through. We might see that on our end and then be like, that is, that is so wild that this person chose every possible uh, way to murder people and mm -hmm. stuff. And so then we're going to put them into the world lore so that other people might see, yeah, we've uh, we've heard that there's a, a murderer on the go and, yeah, like, go, Wanted poster. And uh, yep. capture and kill this, uh, this particular player or whatever. That's interesting. And, uh, and, and there is an element of PvP in this, yes? People can yes. choose to... Yeah. And people can opt out of that if they don't want to be killed by random murder hobos, or no? No, you just have to accept. You just have to. No, that's it. You're in an MMO. Um, Deal with it. Yeah, exactly. No, um, we we thought of that uh, with both trading because you can also trade items and stuff as right, well. Right. With both trading and PvP, it comes up as a request. So it'll be like, so-and-so wants to battle with you, and it gives you some of their base information. So it's not like they could hide and be secretly a really high-level character that's trying to yeah, battle yeah, someone right. who just joined. Yeah. It will say their level and their class. It won't give uh, everything, uh, all of their armor and stuff. Yeah. It won't give details like that, but it gives you a general idea. It gives you enough to be like, I can probably take this guy. Yeah. So then uh, you can also do PvP that's just for fun, and you can also do PvP that's for um, gold. So then you can bet gold. So you could be like, well, I have five gold. I'm going to bet all of it because I feel like I could take you out. And then yeah. you can bet it. Um, and then if you lose, that sucks. That's, yeah, that's your gold. And so you, go, you get gold by going on quests and completing things like that and picking up loot from monsters, all the usual stuff. Yeah, it is, it is very, um, very much video gamey in that aspect, except for it's just text-based. Yeah. So you can um, do more than just do quests, but you can also just like explore areas. And then there's um, random chances of you encountering monsters. So say you want to randomly explore a forest, you'll go through a dialogue that's like, 
um, you walk through the meadows and you head into the forest and you hear a creek over this way. Do you want to head to the creek or do you want to go deeper into the forest? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and it will be different each time that you do an exploration thing. Um, okay. And so you can go and you can sometimes find random uh, loot or different scenarios. Like maybe you find a fallen soldier and you don't know what happened to him or something so, like that. So to, to look behind the curtain a little, in terms of writing a choose-your-own-ending that's different every time, is that is that the, the, there's lots of different options? So they say you've, they've chosen to go into the so-and-so woods or whatever. Mm -hmm. That they the code picks from a mul multiple options and then gives you two of them and says like this way or that way, but it's only two yes. of what could have been multiple different ones. Yes. So somebody else going yes. into the woods will get a different two options. You find a soldier yeah. or you go you go to the creek. Um, yeah, okay. exactly. That's cool. Man, so that's a it lot is work. a lot of writing. That is it so is much crazy. work. Jeez. <laughs> that's but an intimidating that's amount of work. <laughs> That's why we've been doing it for uh, over a year now and it's still not done. But I think the craziest thing out of all of it is that we have one coder. We have just <laughs> one guy who's coding this whole dang thing. And like, obviously, uh, David and I, and then our friends as well that I mentioned earlier, are doing the writing and going through and um, working through all of those different options, all of those different events and everything. But my, my friend, his name is George, who's doing the coding is literally just doing all of it by himself and it is hundreds of thousands of lines of code. Mm -hmm. It is not simple at all. It is crazy. Um, so so props to him. Holy cow, everybody in chat. Like insane. And do you have a background as a writer? Do you have writing experience? You say you and David um, and your friends are writing the, um, the actual text that's going to be on the screen? So some of our friends actually do have um, writing histories and stuff, but I myself, like I had said earlier, uh, will never say that I'm particularly a writer. Mm. Um, I do enjoy writing and I do enjoy uh, coming up with stories, but I definitely lean more towards the artwork side of things. Um, if you've ever come on when I'm drawing, I do mm. all of the artwork for all of the creatures and everything. Yeah, um, we had some really gross ones uh wednesday if you ever want to look back on that yeah um, i've popped yeah. into streams before when you when you're doing your uh, monster world building sort of um uh, outsourcing with the with the community to like get ideas and things it's a really interactive and really cool idea uh, cool way of doing it and you take those new monsters you you do the artwork for them which often ends up really amazing and all gross um <laughs> And then, uh, and then you work together with David to come up with the stats for those monsters, or are you more the art and David's more the stats, or how does how does the sort of balance? Um, we we kind of do a little bit of all the things because David also does artwork as well. Right, so right. <clears throat> recently, what we've been doing is David will make a three D model file of oh, the creatures. Oh wow, nice! So I do the flat wall on the live stream because I draw a lot faster. Uh, than he does so I quickly sketch it and we're talking and interacting with the community and then he makes a 3d file so that we actually could print it out um, and then I'm going to eventually actually color all of the artwork for the things that are going to go into the game so the game will have some visuals um, just adding more work to the plate of 
having to write all of those narratives, yeah. but then also having to color every single creature. Yeah, that's a lot of work. You just love giving yourself more work, it seems. Honestly, I at this point, I sound like a crazy person. I don't mind at all. Um, but I, I freaking love this game so much, and I want it to happen so badly <laughs> that uh, we have invested so much of our time, so much of our energy, and also so much of our money trying yeah. to make this game what we wanted to. And I don't care at all because like, I think it is such a neat idea to have a game where people can make their characters they can level up, they can engage with the world, they can impact the world, mm -hmm. um, and then be added back into the lore, the history, and everything of it all. And it just sounds like such a cool thing that I don't even care at this point. I'm crazy, and I'm, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> I mean, that's, that makes sense, and it's why the Kickstarter is so important, to put it out there and say, hey, we are doing all this work, we are putting in hundreds or thousands of hours of, of work between us, and... Uh, and we need the money to finish this off because because it, you know life doesn't happen for free unfortunately. So uh, so yeah, little quick plug for the uh, the Kickstarter. We'll talk about it a lot more throughout the uh, rest of the thing, of course. Uh, but if you go have, go over to Kickstarter, you can search for Saviors of Creus, spelt in the uh, in the American way without the U in Saviors. I found that out the hard way by being like, why can I not find this? Uh, and I realized I was spelling it the British way, Saviors with a, a U. Uh, Saviors of Krius, um, C-R-I-U-S, Krius. Uh, so you can go and check that out, uh, consider supporting it at any level on Kickstarter. And then when it's, uh, when it's live, um, because of course it will go live, we have to think positively, it will, it will happen. And when it goes live, uh, it becomes a subscription model, right? So that people can pay a small amount per month. It's not a pay to win, you're not paying for uh, microtransactions and you're not buying yourself a legendary sword from level one. You're just paying just for the, the upkeep of the server because obviously this is going to be a lot of work ongoing. As you say, you're going to be inputting things that are happening in the game back into the game uh, to influence the world and keep it as a, a living sandbox kind of an open world game. Um, and for that, that stuff doesn't happen for free. For free, you're going to, uh, you're going to be paying your, the people who are maintaining the server. So obviously the subscription model makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not to mention the uh, the subscription service is mostly actually just covering um, everyone's usage because the way that the game works is it's hosted on a separate server that keeps all of the information about everybody's character, what they're doing, what quests they're on, what quests right. they've completed, etc., etc. And then it's having to also process all of the actions that are happening and then put it back into Discord. And that server is really expensive uh, the more people that you acquire. So then I kind of did really gentle math and hopefully <laughs> hopefully I didn't do much because I made it as literally cheap. Don't tell AJ from Winter's Tales about this, but I made it as literal, literally as cheap as I possibly could for people because um, I'm really big on uh, that I want everybody to have access to it and everybody and anybody who wants to play should be able to play. Um, and so it is only $5 a month. Um, and most of that is going to only be covering like people actually playing. So there's like a very small little tiny like 50 cents or something of that that's going towards everything else. Um, and the reason maybe, why maybe I not, Yeah, maybe not the most sustainable way of putting in all of this work for no money. 
Yeah, I mean, if we get enough people, 50 cents adds up. Sure, sure it does. Yeah, it adds up to the point <laughs> where you like... can pay rent and mortgage and live off it and pay your bills and <laughs> power bill and internet and water and rates and taxes. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's we'll see. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I was talking to... Uh, I was talking to AJ about this, um, about the whole game and everything, and it was back when I hadn't done the math, I didn't know how much it would cost to get hosted and everything, which I see that George is actually in the chat. Hi, George! Hi, uh, George. He's LMP Kudos. Game. Kudos um, on, your, uh, on, your, on your coding work. Yeah, like, holy crap. Uh, but, yeah, I was talking to her about it, and it was back when I wasn't really sure how much things were going to cost, and I was actually planning on just taking the cost myself and then paying for everything but then i realized that wasn't no. physically possible <laughs> no that's what she told me she like pretty much yelled at me on stream. <laughs> so funny um i adore her she's so fun but um she was like what do you think you're doing you have to charge for things yeah but, like you have spent so much time and like all these other people have spent so much time and i was like yeah i know <laughs> Yeah. The, so the thing, the thing I have to uh, shout at artists about a lot is that people are often, artists in particular, uh, are often so um, self-deprecating that they'll go, ah, it's, it's fine, I'll do this for free or I'll do that, for, I'll, I'll, yeah, I can absorb that cost and blah, blah, blah. And, they, and, and the way to sort of shift that mindset is to remind them that it's not just a selfless act of going, oh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'll take that cost on myself. It's actually harming the greater world of creators and artists and things as well because it's setting a precedent for the people who are taking your work for free and taking advantage of you. It's setting a precedent for them to go, well, this artist did that thing for, for free for me. Um, so, you know, your, your, your time is worthless. It's, it's lowering the worth of all artists by set by taking on that uh, that self-deprecating of like oh, I'll, I'll do this for free or i'll not value my own time i'm not i'm actually charged what i'm worth you're lowering the value of all artists and so if you remind artists of that they, they then tend to go like yeah okay i, I don't want to hurt other artists and so yes i will charge what i'm actually worth um yeah you're price dumping so yeah it's important to to actually charge what you're worth not not undersell yourself and uh yeah you can you can go with you can go with your, um, your 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 minimum price that you want to go with. You can lower you can lower your own price, but don't ever do do your uh, creative projects for free. If you if, yeah. if if you're good at it, charge for it. <laughs> or even if you're not good it's at it, just charge less. You uh, <laughs> you really need to see. I don't know if she kept the clip of uh, us talking about it and stuff because it was some time ago. It was when we were first creating it, um, and then I think again in like November or something last year. Um, but I think she said word for word that pretty much, uh, is that it's not just you, you're also impacting. And that's why I was like, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> what, what you're doing is definitely worth $5 a month. So, I mean, go for it. Absolutely. Subscription model makes sense for something like this, where there's going to be ongoing work month to month on the, on the thing. So what's your, uh, what's your initial hopes for this thing and then how has that changed as you've been working on it what was your what was what has evolved most over the period of time that you've been working on this game 
Um, I think initially, definitely scale of just the whole thing is what has evolved the most. Like we had talked about earlier, um, it's just so funny to me. And like George is in the chat, so he can attest to this. Um, that I started out, we started out with like this thing where we were like, oh, okay, this is going to be a small game. And then we kept adding in a little bit more. And you know what? I can say it's also George's fault too, because he was doing the code and he kept coming up with ideas and then he would pass us ideas. <laughs> oh, I could, code, I could code it to be like this. And oh, I could make it so that it does this when they click on that. And yep. <laughs> just adding more and work for himself. <laughs> called out, exactly. Um, but it became so exciting because then we would talk back and forth and be like, oh, but then you could do this. And then, oh, this could happen. And oh, what if we change it like this? And slowly it went from this like simple thing that was just going to be this kind of cool thing that we could do with like a small community to uh, branching out to being this like huge thing that we're like, well, this has the potential to hold any number of people and to uh, interact with any number of people and be this like massive game. Um, and it is just so crazy how much has changed. I, I can't even, I might even have the notes from the very beginning where I'm like, yeah, well, you'll just pick from a class and it will just be that symbol class. And then, and then you'll just level up after you've completed a few quests and that's mm -hmm. it. Da -da. But now it's like this really complex thing and it, it's awesome. I'm how, so excited. How complex does it have the capacity to get? So in like blue sky kind of um, hypothetical world where thousands of people want to join is is the server going to crash at that point like does it have the capacity to handle thousands of people on there all at once all playing this game so um we have actually already talked about that and i think we would have to upgrade the server that we're currently using if we ended up hitting two thousands um, but I think we would be able to just upgrade the server so it would cost a little bit more and then we'd have to figure out how that's going to work because mm -hmm. I, for some reason, have to put it down as low as possible. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we would have to do that. So there might be like a time that if it got really popular, we'd have to say, hey, everyone, give us like some time and we have to switch over to a new server. That way we can move everyone's data over so that yeah. we can keep this running smoothly. But yeah, I think it could honestly just keep expanding and keep getting larger. And and what happens um, to the people's characters when they're not around? If they have a few weeks where they're not able to jump in and play, it, there's nothing that can happen to their character while they're away? Is it like a video game where they log out and they just kind of disappear? Are they still there that they can interact with the world? Or the world can interact with um, them? It's funny because you... This is my problem, is I'm just too dang enthusiastic. And you just said that, and I was like, oh, what if we can code a thing? I'm sorry, George. I'm so sorry. It's his fault now. Um, but I'm like, what if we could code a thing that if people are gone for a while, that, like, affects them somehow, or there's, like, something that happens while they're mm -hmm. offline. Mm -hmm. Oh, he said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you should be concerned, George. Uh, but, yeah, that would actually be so cool. So currently, um, currently, George, Currently. So anyway, uh, you're going to scare my coder out of my oh, yeah. chat. Um, we're going to get some ideas together. We're going to come up with more yeah. ideas by the end of this stream. 
I love it. Um, so currently, yes, they just disappear. Their character is saved, all of their progress, all of their information. They just kind of go mm. out and then they come back and they're in the same scenario, in the same world. Obviously, some of the quests and some of the scenarios might have adjusted a little bit if we go back in and we edit it based on right. somebody else's characters. So it might so be open quests in different. your quest book might be like, oh, I actually needed need to do something slightly different than I originally was told because I haven't logged in and the quest has changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it might be like, oh, actually, Joe Schmo is, uh, I'm great at names too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is is dead uh, or something, some murder hobo, like, got him. And when so, till, till, till the next quest given. So you can't get your... Yep. Could, can, could it happen that somebody gets screwed over from that sort of thing? Like the, the, the person who was going to give the reward for completing the quest has been murdered by some other player? I wouldn't. I would probably never change anything uh, lore-wise or story-wise that would break any of the quests. I'll be really careful about that because that's one thing. I like video games a lot. Mm. I play a lot of video games. And um, MMOs and stuff, if, if they allow people to murder people that have anything to do with, like, finishing a quest or giving a quest can be very annoying yeah because uh, then you're like well i was gonna turn that in but cool guess i can't now because <laughs> that person killed everyone in town um so i'll avoid that it will be mm -hmm. mainly um just for flavor when people's if, actions are added in and if somebody lapses on their uh, subscription for a few months they can come back and pick up where they left off uh, with their character yeah. that's the intention of it yes exactly and... i would never punish anyone for uh, a lapse in that. I think that should be obvious by now that I have yeah. a hard time with like, finance. <laughs> like, oh, it's okay. We'll keep your character information. I mean, our servers are so overloaded with so many people who have like left and haven't come back yet. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> your character information. Uh, maybe there should be like an old age uh, a retirement feature where it's like if you haven't come back for an entire year your character officially retires and goes to work on a farm or something and becomes an NPC in the game or something so it's like oh, okay. let me write this down <laughs> let's see, uh, retirement Reti a retirement um, feature of, the, of your character just so you can get rid of the people who have, had, have no intention of ever coming back when their character is just taking up space on the server yeah I love that idea don't you George, George also loves that idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, well, something came up and I uh, just forgot about it. Um, so, in terms of the leveling up, it's not a pay-to-win in any way because you're not microtransacting no. anything, but you are kind of rewarding those who have more time to actually give to playing, presumably. Um, so you're going to level up faster the more you play. So that the if you're those who are playing it every single day are going to be higher levels than those who uh, can only have the time to log in once every couple of weeks. Yeah, because the level up system will work like pretty much any uh, video game that you can think of, where the more quests, the more um, things that you interact with in the world, uh, the more things that you achieve, the more experience points yeah. you're going to gain, and so therefore you're going to level up faster. And so for that reason, while it is a multiplayer kind of a game, uh, where other characters are in the game and influencing the game, it won't be a party game. It'll still be a solo campaign that you're going on. Uh, so there will actually be both. So most uh, of the missions, I would say, are solo. Uh, most of the storyline and quest missions are solo. However, 
there is actually um, multiplayer things that you can do where you can go through kind of dungeon crawls uh, with a party. And you can do those dungeon crawls every day. So if you have like a good group of friends or something, you can balance out your party or not. It's up to you. <laughs> um, and then you can go through these dungeons, which would uh, change each time as well. Once again, more writing, but yeah. totally worth it because it sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna have that. You're gonna have that sounds cool to how much work it is sliding scale and be like, is it cool enough to put in the extra work that it's gonna take? Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know if I have that sliding are, scale. Are I there any? <laughs> are there any quests that are gonna be like locked to specific classes or what have you? Um, so we were thinking in the long run, this isn't something that I think will be out when the beta is released, but in the long run, uh, we're wanting to have, uh, guild quests that are like specific right. to the guild that you're in. However, probably not class specific. Cause I don't want people to feel like they're missing, right. um, missing anything major. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but the guilds in particular. So when you choose a guild, um, you would have quests that you can do specifically for and through your guild to obtain items that you only get through specific guilds mm. um, because I think that's cool. But uh, when it first gets released, the guilds will be very basic and will be na mainly namesake than anything, but then slowly evolve. That's one of the things and we're wanting to do. Can you shift your guild if you decide you're not gelling with the guild yet? You can leave and join yes. another? Um, that was in our. So for the, so for the completionist, engine. for the completionist uh, player, they can you join a guild, them. do all the guild quests, move move to another guild, do all the guild quests. Um. Yeah, that was actually in our uh, mad person notes because we we actually have this document that we share with poor George, who's just probably dying internally right now in chat. Um, but so we have this all these scribble scrabbly notes but one of the things that we were talking about is we definitely have to have a way for people to be able to switch guilds however we want to limit people from not joining a guild and immediately switching joining another yeah. guild and immediately yeah. switching um Dancing. repeatedly uh just to avoid spam and also yeah. to avoid anybody leaving it to gain information on somebody else's guild because in right, the discord right, right. spice guild be... spice yep exactly uh, there will be different channels for the different guilds, so we don't want somebody like bouncing around and being like, oh, I heard that this guild is planning on doing this, and they're going into the dungeon, we should mess that up, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sure. there will be ways to switch, just not spammy switching. What is What sort of measures are in place to prevent trolls and, and uh, people who just go into grief other people other players and stuff obviously we've got the uh, pvp is has to be kind of okay by both both parties and the guild will have this kind of like you can't jump around but will you have moderators who are there to handle problems that arise or trades that have been okay and then after the trade has gone somebody has regrets for the trade and tries to complain about so it wasn't fair and you'll have complaints coming up obviously because anything with people has that sort of problems so what's the what's in place for that to handle problems um, yeah that's we're gonna have moderators we already have a couple of people and we have shot who i think i saw in here um in the chat at one point 
uh, is one of our awesome mods right now currently, but we're going to, as it scales, uh, have more mods to keep up with that, just because I recognize that that is such an issue that is going yeah. to happen eventually. <laughs> um, but we also have a lot of things to prevent um, a lot of in-game trolling, like asking and stuff uh, for trades and PvP. Um, we even have spam prevention on the PvP, so somebody couldn't keep asking and keep getting denied. You can only ask and get denied so many times. Um, so there's going to be a lot of little ways where we prevent people from um, doing stuff like that, but I'm sure it'll be a live and learn situation. Yeah. Like, as much as we can come up with a bunch of ways people can there'll do be, it, people be, will always find always a new way. Yeah. And there'll be problems that come up that you haven't anticipated and couldn't possibly anticipate. There'll be there'll be people who have tech tech problems and they're like, hey, yesterday I was logged in and I got all this stuff and then today I've logged in and I don't have that stuff. And you're gonna have to you're gonna have to obviously have people there to have that human element to go, let's look into it case by case and see what happens. Um what about character death? If, uh, if a per can, can a person's character die, and is it a permadeath? Do they make they make a new character? Uh, is there an afterlife? Die, but... Is George going to code an afterlife false a well, quest of afterlife yeah. situations? There's a whole oh gosh, let me type that up. Al al alignments. Um, so George, well here goes. We're going to come up with an entire afterlife, and then for me, I got to write all the stuff for an entire. No. And there's, a, um, and there's like but... a there's like a celestial quest giver that has to give you a quest, and that's how you go, and then get resurrected into the real. Like you have to yeah, go. Yeah, you go on a whole life. adventure to get resurrected. To save your soul, prove your really soul. Cool. It's, it, that sounds cool. It sounds really cool. It does. You have to, in order to get resurrected, you have to go through this like resurrection quest and it, prove your worth. So I reckon it's easy, easy peasy. I mean, I could do that slow. <laughs> that actually sounds really cool. Hold on, I'm actually going to write this down. Um, We're doing so it, guys. This is you heard it here first. I know. Wait, currently, we need to talk more because I like this. This is good. Good, okay, good ideas. creative ideas. Let's do this. Um, but the, prob the problem is, uh, I don't know anything about coding, so I don't know how hard anything is to code. So often, I'm talking to my assistant, Fancy. I'm, all, I'm often been like, ah. Oh, you know, I'd love to have something like this, but it's going to be way too hard. And she'll be like, that's super easy to code. And she'll code something up and just give me it. Uh, and then other times I'm like, oh, I just need something to do this. And she'll be like, that is, you can't, you, that's not a thing we can do. <laughs> so it's like, I've got no idea. I'll just put the ideas out and somebody else can go, that's, I can't do that. Or I can do that easy. I mean, that's what I've been doing to George for this last year. <laughs> like the entire year, I've just been like, George, can we do this? And he's like, ah, and I'm like, well, we could do it like this, or like this, or like this. I'd oh, be wait, happy George, with any of these options. Which is easiest for you to go? So patient with me, because I've been doing that a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the question of death. So there is death. However, it's not permadeath. Um, you just kind of wake up in uh, the town again, and... Uh, depending on the quest that you're on and the circumstance of which you died, you might lose some things like some money or something like right. that, uh, or you might fail a quest. So there might be a quest where um, it seems really weird if you're able to just restart it. Um, so you might also fail a quest. However, 
you won't lose a ton of experience points or you won't lose like all of your stuff or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's not that punishing, but there will be like small things. So you yeah. can't be uh, super reckless, but that's kind of the way that I approach the NPC D and D with the people who don't lead guys, the campaign that I run there. We decided like the story is centered around these four characters and everything I've got planned for the rest of the campaign is about those four characters. And if one of them perma dies, it kind of screws us all up. Not only the party dynamic, but like people watching expect those characters. There's probably going to be merchandise with those characters and stuff. On like, and and my whole story is centered around them. And suddenly I have to somehow change it to fit so that it feels satisfying to this other new guy. It's just not going to work. So we were like, there's going to there's going to be resurrection when these characters die, but I want there to also be strong incentive to not just be reckless and die and so we i invented this whole system that hasn't thankfully had to come into play yet place yet because none of them have died but it's going to cost them a bunch of spell slots and uh, and, and money um to, to resurrect themselves essentially and, and some time as well they're going to have to go on this like side quest to go and find a place where they where the resurrections can happen and stuff like that so there's time money and and, and um, resources cost to it but then they can resurrect and start later on yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a important balance to most games. Yeah. Uh, of you need them to to fear being reckless, but also um, still have fun and still feel like they can do some shenanigans. And, but it's not like yeah, if exactly. you die or something happens, it's like end of the world. And it also has to be a a balance of um, not too not so debilitating a cost that it snowballs from that point on because you failed on this quest and then that means you lose your all of your weapons and your armor and your gold and then and a bunch of experience and you lose a bunch of levels and then you're like well now i now i'm a hell of a lot weaker so i'm obviously not going to be able to achieve the quest that i just failed on already so i'm gonna have to go back up back several stages and start grinding my way back up again and that's the sort of thing that puts people off continuing to play they're like well i might as well have permadied at that point because it was exactly. too debilitating a cost. So it's a really interesting um, balancing act to try and work out what's, what that level of that is. I feel like uh, a lot of stuff, including that, is going to be something that we're going to have to constantly change, especially at the beginning. Um, and we're releasing it as a beta version first, mm -hmm. obviously. And then it's going to be changed a lot from there because we really need to see just how it all works out with a bunch of people playing and um how everything that we've decided in advance ends up seeming like if it's balanced or if there's some stuff that's really imbalanced um or feels really negative or something um and so there are so many things like that there are so many different aspects that it's crazy but i'm i'm very very passionate about making sure that it is the best experience possible to where it's not like too easy to where it gets boring and it's not too difficult of a game to where it feels like it's it's kind of punishing you for playing. Um, and I play a lot of video games. I've always loved games. I've grown up around games. Uh, and so that stuff's really important to me. And same with David is that like we're both huge on all kinds of games. Um, apparently not TTRPG <laughs> going out and branching out to a bunch of them. I need to get better about that. Um, but... We've played so many, and so that stuff's really important to me in the long run, and it will be a process. Hopefully people are patient with us, because <laughs> it's going to be a learning process. Of course, yeah. I mean, 
nobody's expecting you to be perfect at it right from the, the bat, hopefully. Well, some people might be, because it's unreasonable I was about to say, the there's always that <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, this uh, is sounding like a lot of fun, and I'm very excited for it to uh, to be releasing. What what sort of time schedule are you hoping for with this? Um, It's going to really depend on how much more work we give to George. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it depends on uh... how much George wants to sleep. Yeah, George, you don't care. Like, just do this all the time, 24-7. Actually, yeah. George codes a ridiculous number of hours a day because he does this for a living, too, like, uh, works in also coding. coding. So he's coding and so, then comes home to code some more. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Like, great work ethic and stuff. Like, holy cow. Yeah, he even said sleep. What's that? <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I think right now we were hoping to have the beta in some shape or form released in July, uh, July sometime. However, George, you can correct me on that if you feel like that's not a realistic timeline. But so just like, yeah, July we next year. <laughs> yeah, 2024, 25, maybe 20, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, that was what we were thinking originally. And the beta will uh, include all of the stuff that we have listed on the Kickstarter. So anything that you see there will be included in the initial release. And then we have a lot of things, and now even more things, thank you, um, that we want to add to it long term. Uh, but the initial release will have the stuff that's listed on the Kickstarter. And it's an open beta, so anybody who wants to pay for the subscription can jump in and, and, and be a player right from the beginning, or is it uh, exclusive to the people who have backed the Kickstarter? We might have a little bit. We haven't actually decided yet because we were talking about that we might have a little bit of a window at the beginning depending on how many people want to play and how much of a demand there is for it uh when it we're seems, getting close to it that seems level. like the smarter thing to do to have like limited openings like oh this is the beta testing for the kickstarter patrons only and, and that then they can stress test it the, the initial stress test to see that the server can handle it see if there's any obvious bugs that for some reason everybody else has missed but like once people start playing it becomes really obvious all those sorts of things and then like the mob as that goes okay it's like oh okay we'll have another we'll uh, open it for another 20 people and another 20 people yeah that's what we were thinking is that we might do that and so we might um because we were definitely going to do i think i forgot what it's called the uh top father or something that's just so funny to me the highest tier is going to have access to it um in advance from everybody else because these are people who have put so much into it and we want to give them something in return. And so they can be there right at the beginning, the moment that we open up the gates of like letting anybody outside of us even see the game. Um, and then these, we are, these going are gonna be a, these are gonna be real you know, speedrunners. Your speedrunners are gonna go for that category and be like, right, let's find oh. all of the loopholes and the ways to break the game. Let's find it. <laughs> I can, if I do this and I do that and I do this quest with this item, then I can I found a loophole with George's coding, and that means that I can jump straight to level twenty. Oh gosh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> have we, uh, uh, have yeah, you um, have you got like a level cap on it with it being sort of D and D inspired? Is it going to be D and D like in the in the sense of like you've got a level cap that you get all the way to level twenty and then you're super powerful and you make a new character or what? So we were originally, I think, making it between the levels of one and thirty. Um, and we were going to kind of work on balancing that out, but a lot of the balancing I think is going to have to come after it's to a point 
to where we can kind of do our own, I guess it would be called like alpha testing on right. our side to see if um, stuff is leveling too fast or too slow or if we yeah. need to add more levels or take some of them away. Um, and so that's something that we're kind of still working on and we're figuring out. But I think for right now it's 1, 2, 30. Uh, and then the regions or the places that you explore are also based on level. So you start automatically in the forest and then the next area that you can go to and you can like explore and stuff um, is the next higher tier or what have you of right. levels. Yeah. And that actually raised the question for me, thinking about like uh, getting to a point and then starting a new character. Is that some, like that is something that I noticed a lot in D&D is that people often enjoy the character creation more than the actual game and so they end up getting like three levels in and going, I'm bored of that character, I want a new character. Is that a thing that people can do in this? They can choose a new character or is it set to their Discord account and so they only ever get one character? Um, yeah, you can have multiple characters uh, per, per your Discord account. Um, so you can you could do that. You could get bored uh, and then switch to a new one. But that new character does start from square one. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't be able to, say, have a bard that's level four or something, and then you switch. You're like, I want to be a rogue, but I want to start at level four. It would still start you, you back be, at yeah. level one. And if you yeah. had that situation happen, can you, the, the PvP and the trade and things, can that happen with the same account? So the bard could then go to the, their own character in the rogue and be like, oh, I want to trade one copper piece for my legendary sword that I just found, and then give a level one character all of the good stuff that their other character has just gone. I actually don't know. That's a good question for George, because you would have to be online on like your phone and also on your mm -hmm. thing, and then you could sit there and like, trade and then type on your computer um so you can which will which will happen if, if if somebody changes character and they like oh but i really love this sword they'll want to switch that over but will that be game breaking that they've got a weapon or an item or something that they shouldn't have had that early something to think about yeah that is that's actually a good note <laughs> for um george who's actually into i got i got a but, mind uh, i got a mind that likes breaking things so if you need a break tester to see if i can break find ways to break and loophole stuff i, I might could be your guy <laughs> i have a mind that likes breaking things is probably I, not something to say proudly <laughs> It's no, it's, I'm proud of it because it's a lot. It's the it's it's basically what logic is. Logic, it, like if you think about things in a, a very logical way, there's a there's a whole video that I really love from Veritasium, a, um, a YouTuber, and he talks about how. Let me give you an example. Um, if I if I have a rule in mind that uh, there's a there's a particular thing that follows this rule, and I tell you I'm gonna I'm gonna say three numbers, and I want you to work out what the rule is. Of the numbers and I say the numbers I'm gonna give you are two four eight and that that sequence of events follows my rule and then you give me three numbers to see if you can work out what my rule is so give me three numbers that, that you, you think follows the rule that I'm following as my numbers oh okay so wait your numbers are what again two four eight now you give me three numbers uh... Wait, so two, four, eight just sounds like you're doing two and two, four and four. So then wouldn't it just be, the next number would be 16, I think, if it's following the same logic. So then it would be one, two, and then four, and then eight. 
So one two four does is a sequence that follows my number, that follows my rule. And what you've done there is you've given yourself uh, a way of confirming what you already thought. So you thought you, you looked at my numbers two four eight, and you thought those are numbers that are doubling each time. So the rule that he's thinking of is the next number in the sequence has to double. And so your next example was one, two, four, and that doubled, and you got you got a yes, you got a confirmation, and so that gives you the confirmation of, oh, the rule is you just double the numbers. Uh, Ace in the chat is about 16, 30, 3264, and that is that is a, num a rule that follows my, um, uh, a sequence that follows my rule. But what you're doing is confirmation bias. You've already got an idea of what the rule is, and then you're seeking out things that confirm it for you. Mm. If I was to tell you one, two, three also follows my rule, that might suddenly go, oh, so the rule isn't doubling anymore. And so what yeah. I mean when I say I've got a mind that likes to break things is that people who think in the way that I do with the logical rationing is that you 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 aim to disconfirm what you think is actually the rule. So if I, if I think the rule is it's doubling each time, I will give an example, one, one, one. And if that doesn't get it, then you're like, okay, that's actually more information now. I've gotten that I've gotten a no. So you're seeking the no is what I mean. So I will mm. always go if the if if I think this is what's going on, I'm going to see if I don't get the answer if I go outside of that. Is okay. that is this making sense? Because the rule I was actually thinking of was just increasing numbers. So any increasing numbers would have fit my rule, but because you already thought yourself it has to be doubling, and then you only ever seek to uh, reconfirm that, that's what's known as confirmation confirmation bias. So when I say I like to break, I, I've got a mind that likes to break things. I, I mean that I will see this is how it's meant to work. Let's see what happens if I'm if it doesn't ha if it doesn't do that. I go outside of that box and I go let's see if let's see if it doesn't work because if it if you go outside of the box and it breaks then you're like okay good it's actually working the way it's meant to do that makes sense that's that's yeah. how i'd like to think anyway um <laughs> so i always i always go to the boundary rather than rather than testing it the way that it's meant to be played so in this mm -hmm. to, to relate it back to this game the way that i play things when i'm testing something is to go this is how it's meant to be played so i'm going to do everything but that I'm going to test it a couple of, like, I'll go through a couple of runs to see how it's meant to be played. And yeah, it seems to be working how it's meant to be played. But if somebody comes along and plays it how it's not meant to be played, is that going to break it? And you go and test it in that way. And you go, how about if I was to create seven different characters and then of one of each class and I send them all on quests and level them up to get the best loot that each class can get and then trade them back to the person who's, and, you, and then you end up with situations that, where you go, hadn't thought about that because it was... It was a, it required a brain that tries to that actively tries to break something mm. in order to with see to, scenario, in order to better test that it can't be broken. With that scenario, at least uh, we have a lot of items that are class specific, so mm. you wouldn't be able to be like a barbarian and use a wizard's wand or something like that. Um, but yeah, unless we do actually eventually plan on getting into multi-classing and then that gets even more messy but that's something for way later because i know that yeah i was going to say is really there a multi-classing situation so it's like a yeah, thing that's think that later. might be coming <laughs> yeah that makes yeah. sense yeah because then it gets way more complicated and stuff and uh poor george is by himself with the coding um and so until we're at a place where we can afford to have another coder to help him with a lot of this stuff I probably wouldn't just be like, okay, George, add this to your list. You're not allowed to sleep. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but yeah, that's so interesting though. Yeah, I think I, so I guess what I'm hearing is that you should definitely help play test. Mm. Yeah, stick me, in the, stick, stick me in the play test and I'll find ways that it's broken. I'll find found loopholes. No, I, I'm definitely for it. I, uh, I want the game to go as, as smoothly as possible so that people can just sit there and play it and enjoy it and so if you want to come in and you want to try to break it as much as possible like i'm for it i will take you up on that yeah let's do it i love it um all right so uh we're getting towards the the end of the session so i'd like to leave a little time for answering the questions that have been coming in a lot of, a lot of good questions have been coming in so let's uh, let's open up that uh, that window and I can uh, start asking. If you guys in chat have questions that you want answered about this game, guys in uh, um, and I have um, things that we haven't talked about already or things that you may have missed, then you can use the uh, question redemption channel point thingy-ma-bob and that way I won't, uh, I won't lose the question in, in, in all of the chat that's happening. Let's open up my requests oh, queue. Oh man, fair lady said they answered a lot of them already. We're doomed. Oh, well, there you go then. We've got no time for the other questions. All right, D&D questions. Let's have a little look. We have a question from Centauri. Is there a particular quest from your Kickstarter Discord bot that you, you're most excited for? And can you share or tease anything about it? Ooh, um, so there's actually a couple of quests that were written by our awesome friends can't sing their phrases enough for helping us with this because they went into it not knowing exactly what we were doing and they just sat down with us and helped us create ideas and quests and fix our terrible terrible grammar um <laughs> but we uh they that's made... also that's also something that i can help with in the playtest because i am a grammar nerd i know a lot about syntax and structure and i can be like you need a comma here or that should be a semicolon so I feel like I just need to hire you on our little <laughs> tiny team then. Um, but yeah, uh, so they came up with a couple of quests and I won't give spoilers because I feel like this is really mm. good, but there are a few of them that they made up that one, there's one where it can just have like this unexpectedly really horrible ending. It starts out so wholesome um, without saying what it is, because uh, I don't want spoilers, depending on your choices. Grandma's making cookies may... and needs you to pick some flowers for the basket that she's going to present the cookies in. And you go off to pick the flowers and then there's like some sort of horrible gremlin that eats your face. It's more like uh, that context. You go to pick <laughs> flowers and then you give it to Grandma and you're like, here you go, Grandma. And then Grandma gives you a weird, sinister smile and begins to make the cookies. And then you realize the flowers she's using are sentient, and you hear their <laughs> screams as she's smashing them into the cookies. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I love so, it. It's more like that, where somebody's like, oh, okay, this is easy, this straightforward is an easy, quest. Awesome quest. And you then, keep oh, getting... it has implications that I didn't realize. Yeah. You keep love getting that. things that are like, don't actually grab them for grandma. And you're like, weird. I wonder why they put that option in there or <laughs> turn back and return the flowers. And you're like, huh, they're really giving you the option. But then you just go through with it thinking it's innocent. And then you're like, oh my God. Oh, there were so many, there were so many red flags. I should have paid attention. Yep. That's brilliant. Yep. I love that. Uh, I'm so excited to see, because uh, there are some quests like that where it's going to assign a uh, role that's almost like an achievement role mm. onto the people that end up with these horrible <laughs> endings. 
So then we'll see like um, flower murderer or like, <laughs> uh, I love that. I love that. So, so that everybody else can be like, you went through that quest too? Yeah, me too, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just that's that's brilliant. And sense it improves that sense of community as well for people to achieve those things. And there'll be some. There'll inv- inevitably that way be some of those um, roles that uh, that that are like sought after. People will be like. How did you get the the legendary dragon uh, role? And they like, and people will be like, "Well, you gotta go on the right quest." Not not telling. Maybe there'll be some yep. roles that at the end of the quest, it's like, uh, "Remember, adventurer, keep this secret. We don't want everybody." Blah blah blah. And then they have yeah. to just find it. And I know that inevitably, and I think this is honestly kind of cool. There will be YouTube videos that are like breakdowns where people yeah. are like, "Do you want to get the role for Here's legendary, how you get blah, legendary blah, blah, blah. blah blah blah?" Yeah. That's good. But that's cheating because cheating. they would tell and you yeah. every path and every choice that you had to do to get to the correct to to ending the right to get that yeah. role. But that's yeah. why that's where the randomization is going to be really useful. Of like, you might go on the quest and get a different one, a different experience than a previous user had, right? It like for the quests, you said that it's going to be there's going to be like a different for every user. The randomization time, is mostly for the exploration and for the multiplayer the dungeons quest. The but quest the quests be... themselves right, the sense. only randomization is in your choices because there's a ton of different endings so then you might go down this path and then end up at this ending but then somebody else right, might right, go right. down this but then all of a sudden go over here go right, over that here makes sense. Have, um, you, um, have you played detroit yeah. become human that just reminded me of that I haven't. I've actually been recommended that a couple of different times. It's a fantastic game. I could, can't recommend it enough. It was, it's amazing. And it's so replayable. Uh, I haven't had the time to replay it, unfortunately. I finished it once, got the ending, and was like, man, I need to replay that as soon as I can, and just never got around to it because I don't have the time. Uh, but it is a fantastic it game because it is it is a choose-your-own-ending video game, and the, the choices you make, even like small choices, really do make a, a difference. So it would be great. Um, um, even just as research for the sorts of sorts of ways that this can be done well. Um, yeah, at the end of each level, as, as it were, uh, you get like this um, this flowchart, uh, and you can tell. Oh, at some point there was a branching option. I didn't even realize I was making an option, but it says I I went this way and I did that thing, which branched off into this. And this other option is like grayed out, so you don't know what it was until you go back and replay the level. Uh, and you get to the point where you made this choice that you didn't even necessarily know that you made because some of them are like uh, in a in very video game way you, sometimes it's really obvious where the level is wanting you to go and you just like kind of follow the path um, uh, but if you look at the flowchart at the end and you go it says opened the door it's like was there another an option and so you go back and you're like well the, the path the clear it's clearly wanting me to go this way and you might look around and be like oh I could actually climb up here and go over there and then you've got a completely different option so yeah, very yeah. very good game, and I recommend it. Detroit to become human. That's basically what we're doing too, except for just text based. Is that yeah. like some things might seem inherently really obvious, but then there are whole different uh, branching narratives that go a different direction with the same quest. Mm-hmm. So though there isn't randomization in the way that I was talking about, that would be for exploration and stuff. There's still that factor of like there are so many different ways and so many different choices that you can do. So it creates a lot of uh, replayability, um, even if you keep replaying the game with multiple characters. Nice. I'm very excited for this. Um, Thy fair lady asked, "What's been your favorite character to play? Races and classes, etc." I think this is not to do with the game now, but just in D and D in general. Oh, um, my very first 
type of character I think has been my favorite because I've played them a couple of times. Um, nostalgia for it. Yeah. yeah, I think so, maybe, because it was my first one. And so even though I tried different classes and stuff, and it's a... Um, I really like the tabaxi. I just think they're they're cute and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then you have just claws. So even mm. if you lose all your um, all your weapons and everything, you always have that. Looks like uh, a cinnamon and... roll could kill you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and then I really like uh, the trickster robes. Oh yeah, yeah, arcane trickster. Yeah, the arcane. Yeah. Because then you're taking, like, all the sneaky elements of being able to, like, move around, but then you're combining it with also having magic. Yeah. Um, and so that's a happy combination. Yeah, it's a nice combination. I do like the, um, the subclasses of the marshals that have a little, a little bit of casting, uh, with the exception of the Four Elements Monk, which is garbage. Um, but the Arcane Tricksters and the Eldritch Knights are always a little bit of fun to play, because you've got a bit of everything. Or just, like, a martial class and then take the, like... Um, magic adept feats or something so you've got a couple of cantrips and things you can do to spice it up or flavor it excellent um Redal asks how did you start the creation process was it just for fun at first or were you always planning on making a business out of it oh i guess we kind of answered that already yeah, in that. the uh it was literally just i thought it would be cool uh david and i had talked about it a bunch that it would just be this fun thing that we could do and have a community. So it definitely did not start out with, um, oh, wow, we're going to be able to make uh, good money off of this. It's going to be great. <laughs> didn't but, start you know, out that way. It's still not that way. You're still, you're still, yeah. not, you're still denying yourself the option of making money from this. <laughs> what is money? Um, <laughs> except for, you know, sustainability. <laughs> But yeah, it uh, it started off as this thing that we just thought would be really cool to create, to engage with the community, to have, and that if it ever became something more, we were able to actually financially become stable off of it, it would be awesome. And it would be like a dream come true because then we could yeah. focus all of our energy and everything that we do into this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's become so much bigger of a game uh, yeah. in place. Um, Riedel also asks, uh, does the game have a series of set possible endings or is it ongoing? We answered this one in that the individual quests have set endings, uh, multiple endings that you can possibly get to through different options. Um, I imagine there may be like roles in the end for like uh, completionist or something of like somebody who's gone through every quest and like, can you replay the quest? Is it once you've completed a quest with a particular character, is it locked for you doing that again or is there going to be it some quests on that you can... Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. If it's a replayable quest, then I imagine there'll be like a, uh, a some kind of a role or a reward of like, well done, you've you've gone through and gotten every ending. Um, but the game as a whole is just going to be kind of an ongoing thing, at least for at least for now. You yeah, we're going to keep adding to it, and keep... we're also going to have uh, we're going to have community events and stuff too. So then it won't even just be the base game. We'll also have big events of things that are happening in the world. And we'll have everybody come in um, and interact and join and try to interact with those events. So it'd be like, I don't know, a, a dragon is destroying this town and you can go in and everybody can split up tasks and decide um, maybe this guild is going to go and focus on saving people while this guild is focusing on killing nice. the dragon. That's and, cool. I like uh, that. <laughs> like big, big whole community events that can, everybody can get involved with. I love that. That's a great yeah. idea. And really easy to code, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> just yeah, super, just add it on. Easy. Just have the idea, More. and then it's done. 
Um, the uh, there was something. Oh, um, when it gets to a point where somebody is approaching the the highest level that you've currently coded for, is that when you start going like, hey, we need to add an expansion to it now. We need to understand. We need to still have something for these people to to strive for. Or do they get to that point and then go? There's other things I can be doing rather than leveling. Like I can be focusing on uh, finishing up the side quests that I've done, or, or I can be focusing on because the, there's a crafting element to the game, yeah. So they can be like crafting yep. their crafting items, or like you know, a search for certain artifacts or things like that. Or are you going to yeah. be focused on there should always be extra levels to strive for? I think the initially it's going to depend on a lot of things. I think it's going to depend on where we are with the game and. Um, where we're where we're at with everything that we want between level one and 30 so mm -hmm. if we feel really confident we feel like we've uh knocked it out a ton of that stuff is already really completed looks crisp like there's not too many bugs we're feeling good about it and then somebody nears that end we might consider uh raising the bar so that they can go for more levels yeah. um we might add new Hero regions that are higher um yeah. or yeah, like we we might play with that, but I don't think up front we're inherently like, oh, we need to make sure that we keep just stacking on levels yeah. uh, because we have so many things that you can do and you can interact with everybody. And I mean, even outside of the game, we're going to continue doing our streams where people can add to the game. So even if your character is to level 30 or what have you, mm -hmm. Um, you can still go and be like, okay, well, I'm going to go join the stream and I'm going to make this weird creature and then I'm going to go back to that area and find that weird creature after I find out that right, it's been yeah. added to the game and then I can right, battle right. it and stuff. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like yeah. that. The, um, the rate of progression, do you have any sort of rough idea of how many hours of gameplay it might take a person to get to level 30 if they are doing their best to focus on advancement um, I I can actually very easily say I have no idea <laughs> like none we we're adding <laughs> you open the play to test and like within a day or two people are like I'm, I'm a level 27 already like I feel like uh, we do have some limits as far as how many quests you can possibly do with your character per day so you wouldn't be able to be like okay I sat there and just played for the last 12 hours and did like all, <laughs> you know, yeah. 120 quests <laughs> and I like speed run everything and I, I don't know, I was crazy. Um, we do have some limits on that just to prevent people from like just burning through everything yeah. right away. But um, I, I really don't know because uh, we have a lot of quests. You're going to get some people who are like, I'm going to get the most out of my month's subscription. I'm going to play it every waking hour for a month and uh, see if I can finish the game and then I'm like, sweet, done, move on. Yeah, which I mean is fine if people want to do that because sure, once again, I probably get, get it. You certainly, yeah, you certainly get uh, people doing that with any video game that's released. There's like the day after some new chapter of, I don't know, Last of Us is released, it's like, well, I finished. <laughs> that, oh, I've done that okay. game. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to, unfortunately, just have to be a we'll see um, yeah, how it goes. It and if we comes. have to balance anything. Yeah, makes sense. 
Um, will there be any quests that are like time based? Like you, it, like it has to, you have to come back at a particular time of the day or a particular time time zone or anything like that. That's like uh, this is a this is a quest that must happen at night, and so you have to come back when it's night time in whatever time zone you're set to or anything like that. If we did that, um, which is another idea that sounds great that we're not doing yet, but if we did that, I think it would have to be able to register the time zone of the player because obviously we yeah. have time zones all over all the place. Over the place. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, hey George, how difficult, <laughs> how difficult is that? Um, but yeah, as of right now, nothing is time sensitive, but that's another thing that sounds really cool. And I think more and more um, things like that to add more depth and more things for people to be like, oh, I have to do this this certain way to get this certain um, role, or I have to do it this certain way to complete this certain quest. Yeah. It just sounds more exciting and more engaging to me. So uh, keep giving me ideas. This is great. Yeah, I'm writing we'll get, this down. We'll get, we'll get there. Um, all right. Bell the Cat asks, what does a successful Kickstarter mean for the future of, catch, of Catchy Cantrips and Catchy Cantrips family? Oh, also, hi, Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Belle is, is the absolute freaking sweetest person ever. Um, but yes, so, uh, a successful Kickstarter would, I can't even put it, this into words. Like for one, I would just be all over the place. I, it's a crazy concept to me. I really, really want it to do well and it's doing great right now. Um, I'm already really happy with where it's at. Uh, I feel like we're on a good track, but it would help us achieve our July goal of having that game written up and everything because it would give Dave and I a lot more time and a lot more brain space to just be focusing on all of that writing. And then we'd also be able to potentially hire on people to help with editing. Like I said, our grammar sucks, <laughs> but to help with editing and maybe to help with some of the lore upkeep and everything because we want to keep continuity. Mm. And um, there's just so many aspects to this game that the more funds that we're able to put behind it, the better we're going to make it. But um, I know this is always really bad and I know some people have talked to me and been like, don't say this, but I mean it. But I'm gonna say it anyway. Exactly, but I, personally do not care if it gets funded or not like I want it to desperately to get funded it would make <laughs> my life so much easier and all of this so much easier on me but at this point we've put so many hours and we care about this game so 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 much that even if this thing doesn't get funded we are going to make it like it is so it's important just going to, to it. cost and you it, your own money and it's going to be a lot longer I, process I would probably have to yeah, a lot more I would stressful. probably have to be yeah, I would probably have to be working like two different jobs and I would yeah. be uh, trying to put so much money into this because it would be so expensive. And It's very clear uh, the passion that so you hard. have for it. <laughs> it's definitely clear that it's not a whimsical thing that you're like, oh, I've kind of got this idea for this thing. So it's for that reason, I think it's a it's the sort of Kickstarter that you know is going to happen. Um, you know that if you back it, it's not going to be one of these Kickstarters that you back, and then like two years later, you're going, "Did I ever get the thing that I Kickstarted?" Like it's no, it's like it's going to happen regardless of whether you get the money or not. Obviously, the Kickstarter money is going to be incredibly helpful. But uh, that so, brings up the alternate question to Bell's question of like, what does a successful Kickstarter mean for Couch Kentrips? 
What does what does an unsuccessful one mean? What if you don't if you don't achieve your backing? What happens? Do you re, do you redo the Kickstarter with a lower amount and try and get uh, try and reduce some of your initial goals? Or um, do you just get a second might. job and be like, that's it, all right, buckle Honestly, down. I've got more hours yeah. in the day. I don't need to sleep that much. Coffee in my veins. Exactly. Honestly, I am ridiculous, and I realize that I'm ridiculous, and I'm so freaking stubborn. And once I feel really passionate about something and I just like put my mind, my heart and everything into it, I go like full on into it. Mm. And so even if if it ended up not getting to the funding goal, um, I would just get like two jobs and then I would be working all the time. I don't think we would be able to release it in July. Unfortunately, mm. that would probably mean we would have to push it back because obviously I would not have as much time if I'm yeah. working two jobs. Mm. But I um, I don't know if we would do a lower tier Kickstarter. We would probably have to talk about that and figure out what that means. Yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, I whatever happens, I'm going to make sure this thing ends up getting funded and ends up becoming a thing because I feel like it will be so cool and it will also bring a lot of value to a lot of people who are forever DMs and want to finally have a character and play in a world <laughs> Um, as a character and not have to worry about that. And it will also help bring a lot of people into the TTRPG space because yeah. it's going to be designed in a way that's really accessible for even new people who are not familiar with mechanics mm -hmm. like that. Um, and so I'm like, I also, ah, I, also I, don't know, care. I also know from experience that when I was first getting into D&D about seven years ago, give or take, um, I was super hooked on the, the one session that I had, but it was like a one shot and the DM had no intention of playing again kind of thing. And so I, for months, I got, I got super hooked on D&D and then for several months I didn't have anyone to play with and I really wanted to get into it. And I was like looking up how to get that D&D fix, that role play game kind of fix. And having that be something that uh, is another option for those sorts of people, the people who need to play need to fix and they don't they don't have the time schedule that allows for playing D&D regularly with a group of friends or don't have the friend group for it or whatever it is having that be an outlet for them to be like oh excellent i'm getting my fix here with a massive multiplayer kind of D&D themed world um yeah it's going to be it's yeah. going to be really um another avenue of, of of this sorts of people that this can be really beneficial for exactly that's a huge one for me too is the idea of like uh, it breaks my heart because I see it online all the time on social media and stuff. People being like, wow, cool, I'd love to play those games, but I don't have anybody to play it with, so mm -hmm. too bad. And I want to um, cultivate this community and this healthy space where uh, people can come in and not know anybody, but then make friends and have a game to go to and have some place that they feel comfortable and that they enjoy and can play this awesome game. So, and add to it too, so that they feel like their, their ideas and stuff can actually go towards something, um, which I just think is so cool. Nice. Um, Fancy asks, can people try out the bot in any form at the moment? Is there any kind of um, beta alpha testing that's, that's already with the, the mechanics of the actual Discord bot that you're using? Um, right now, unfortunately, there's not. Uh, uh, like I said, poor George is coding this whole darn thing by himself, <laughs> and um, he's been focusing very heavily on the base of just making this thing function mm -hmm. <clears throat> and figuring out what we can do with it. And so 
the actually getting it into Discord looking the way that we want it to and making it completely playable um, is going to be something that he's working on over the next couple of months to get it out to the beta. So, yeah. not currently. All right. Well, uh, we'll start to speed around these a little because I'm just noticing how many questions are still coming in and I don't, really don't want to keep you past the time that I told you I would. Uh, Elisa asks, how random is it built? Would two identical startups and identical choices follow the same course or would they branch off from one another sooner or later? I guess that's so the question of how is randomization coded into it. Yeah, if you cho chose the same paths in the same quest, then it would be very similar, yes. Because like I said, the randomization yeah. is only in the exploration and in the dungeon crawls. So when you do random exploration, that part would be different. However, the quests, if you chose like the exact same paths, you would get to the exact same ending. Um, but if you accidentally chose one thing different, like if you didn't write it down or didn't yeah. memorize yeah. your paths, then you, you might end up in a completely yeah. different yeah. ending. So you'd have to like strategically do that for some reason. <laughs> yeah. um, in order to have yeah. the same game, the same playthrough you need. And the yeah. things that are randomized, those are randomized, like proper randomization, well, nothing's proper randomization when it comes to coding, but it is used, uh, the seed for which is, is like, actually random essentially so it is it is you, you could actually have the same account play the same exploration sort of thing and get completely different um options yep excellent yeah, uh Redal asks how does the multiplayer aspect work like how would one form a party and is there a limit to how many people can play together as the, um, part, so the party dynamics and things those are those are the guilds essentially right um, so you can form a, you can either join a guild or you can form a party. A party is separate. It's like right. you making a group of friends and then you're like, we're going to go do this dungeon crawl together. Um, I think there is a limit on the number of people who can be in a party at a time. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, I think it was like maybe six people uh, can be in a group at a time. And then you can go and do a dungeon crawl. The reason why we limit that is because obviously if a bunch of people came together and they were like, let's do like 40 people, then mm -hmm. initiative would be absurd because then it would be like, oh, now you got to wait yeah. 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, I had a, had a real, life, real life game the other day where uh, the druid's favorite go-to at the start of every episode, uh, every uh, combat is to cast conjure animals and, and create two Utah Raptors. Um, and then they go, and then he tries to roll initiative for them individually. I'm like, no, 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 no. I know that's what the spell says, but I hate conjuration spells in the game. So that it's conjuration spells, they just go on your turn, so that so that I've got less initiative to deal with. Because if you're doing that, and then this and that, and this, I end up with a hundred minis on the battlefield, and then the uh, the cleric casts um, sacred weapons. So I've got a little mini for that. Yeah, initiatives for everything. No, thank you. Just yep. the, your your conjuration animals go on your turn. Exactly. So six people, I think, was the limit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just good, to, avoid good to put a limit on it. Yeah, it is absolute oh. chaos. Um, My fair lady asks: Is there an element of visuals to go along with the text-based concept? As both you and David are artists, I imagine you've got the app for the monsters and things. So although it's text-based, it's like you come across this monster in the woods. Is there going to be a, an image of that monster? Yep. So if you guys uh, look at the Kickstarter page, I put up a couple of mock-up examples of kind of how the game. Play is going to work and how it's going to look. 
Um, we weren't able to create all of the artwork, so some of them have just an empty space, but the art for the situation that you're in, so whether it be the character or the creature or what have you, is going to be in the top right-hand corner of the little box of uh, the dialogue or whatever context. Um, so that also goes for all of the creatures. Now, obviously, by July, I very much doubt that I'm going to be able to draw and color every single slacker every single slacker get get better get good get, oh, just stay up is this is this the being mean that i've heard, <laughs> yeah, you've so, heard much so much about it this is it, it is it is starting yes <laughs> i guess i like you <laughs> um i guess yeah that's <laughs> really un unhealthy toxic friendship or i just yell at my friends um Yes, yeah, so you're gonna get have as much done by July as you can, but there'll be there'll yes. be picture coming soon, kind of. <laughs> kind exactly, of, uh, and it will depend highly too on whether or not the Kickstarter gets funded. Because if it gets funded and does really well, then I would have more time because I wouldn't have exactly. to be working. Exactly. So get in the Kickstarter. If this is sounding fun to any of you, and you haven't gone and checked out the Kickstarter yet, you can do that and keep us on open in another tab. So go and check out the Kickstarter right now. Go to kickstarter.com and type in Saviors of Chris. Um, I think there's also a link in your there's chat. There's also a link coming up in the chat because Fancy's onto it. Um, thank you, Fancy. Um, and yeah, and you can go check it out and see what the see what the perks are, the rewards for the different tiers and things, and check it out. Or do so after the stream, obviously. Redale asks, say a person were to leave a quest before it's over and they were doing it as a part of a party quest, but the rest of the party completes the quest while you're gone. How would it work for the person coming back to the quest? Only that they haven't com uh, that only they haven't completed. Would the quest fail and they need to replay it, or would they have to complete it on their own, or blah blah blah? So are there party quests? The... Firstly, yeah. So it would be the multiplayer quest, I guess, is what they'd be referring yeah. to in and that. If you if left person... in the middle of a multiplayer quest, I think it would just act as though you've left, like you you left, left the, the dungeon. Quest. Um, yeah, because so the multiplayer quests are kind of just dungeon crawls. Right. So you go through, you have to deal with traps or different yeah. um, puzzles and things. And like, and out. combat. And then you just turn around and leave the dungeon. Um, and yeah. so you don't get the loot, you don't get the rewards. Yada, yada. It's not like, um, it's not like uh, group assignment rules at, at high school and, and college where you, <laughs> just one person can slack off and get just as many marks as everybody else. Not that I'm bitter exactly. About Though dungeons will level based on like the average of everybody's level that's going oh, into okay. the dungeon. So if you are like really high level and then you're with a bunch of lower level people and you just leave, the dungeon is still a higher level thing. So you here's might be where my, Here's where my breaking brain immediately goes to. Bunch of high level players ask a bunch of low level players to join them for a dungeon. That then they then tell them to leave. The low level players leave, but you brought the average of the dungeon down for the high level players who remain. Mm, but they also won't get as good of rewards because they brought the lower ah, uh, okay. the level yeah. down. So good for grinding. They could if they wanted it easy, time. I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. As long as it's balanced with the rewards that you're getting is based on the level of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Uh, Mythical asks, what uh, what happens if your character dies? Is there some kind of afterlife they could explore? They did definitely. I think we talked about this. So they resurrect, but at a cost. Uh, Mythical also asks, are there more planes of existence? Can we get to the Feywild, the Shadowfell, the Elemental Planes? 
Um, that's a good question, actually. We didn't really talk about the setting of this world. Is it a Dungeons and Dragons, a very Dungeons and Dragons-y? Like, you're on the material plane, but there are other planes of existence? Or what's the sort of setting? Yeah, it's very much that. So right now, it's just on uh, one material world that we're building with you guys. And that means, like, lore, creatures, characters, everything uh, we build live with our people, uh, with our community, which is so cool. But uh, right now it's just material plane and that's Creus. Creus is like the name of the earth, I guess. Right. Um, so that's what Creus is. And then I would love to eventually add um, more regions that actually go into other realms because I think that would be so mm. neat to have almost like DLC. You get to yeah. a certain level, then you can start adventuring into Unlocks other the fire realms. plane. Yeah. yeah, like 100%. That sounds super cool. Um, yeah, and it would just be a matter well, of John. writing that. <laughs> really so. Easy peasy. Just add in the more afterlife things, and the things. planes and the, the underworld. Um, Alright, Thy Fair Lady asks, uh, this all sounds great, but a lot to deal with for a long period of time. Do you have plans in the future to extend the family, as it were? Yeah, get more people in to catch templates to help you with this. Oh, 100%. Right now, we don't have uh, like any money. <laughs> Yeah. So we can't like pay anyone. For, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, we've already exactly. We've already spent a lot of money on everything to do with catchy cantrips and stuff like that uh, over the last year. Um, so we're we're kind of like out at this point in the yeah. Kickstarter. Um, but uh, yeah, I honestly that would be a huge thing because we could hire another coder so that poor. Poor George doesn't have to be alone in dealing with me uh, getting excited over ideas. And then we would hire um, like professional editors to help us. Um, and also Rob, of course, over here. Of course. Um, of course. Uh, and then we would, we would just keep expanding the team also to accommodate the number of people because like the big thing for me is that I want everybody to have a really good experience with the mm -hmm. game and so obviously like if there are a ton of people playing David and I can't be the only ones in there trying to keep up with everything we would be like what is going on <laughs> um so yes yeah very much a hundred percent uh, Rydal asks, can you choose to make your own character background, and will that background influence where you start the game, do you always start in the starter forest? Yes, so that is the one way, uh, that's the one thing that we did that is a little bit, I guess you would call it railroady in the gameplay, in that we wanted it to be easy uh, to figure out what you could do and what you can't do as far as leveling and for us to have a system so that we could throw things at you that were difficult but not impossible so you're not like in an area then you actually try to do a quest yeah because with an actual open world you end up with something like dark world uh, dark souls where you're like oh i happened to go left right out of the tutorial level and got immediately annihilated because you're not meant to go to that level until you're level 20. yeah and that doesn't feel accessible to people who aren't as familiar to games like that. So that is the one way that it's railroady is that you always start in the forest and then you go from there. And the forest is um, like a tutorial kind of a stage of like teaching yeah, you how this the game first works. Area. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. After you build your uh, after you build your character, you decide on their name, their race, their class, and so on and so forth. Yeah. You get and kind it's of all like the a D &D little tutorial. choices, like the races are the typical. Um, yeah, no, with some homebrew because we're throwing nice. in homebrew races and stuff like that as well. Um, so that kind of adds a little bit, but the races don't impact your stats. That way, people can make whatever looking character they right, wish for, sense. and it's yeah. not going to like affect their gameplay. 
Um, and for anybody who likes artwork of your characters, um, your server picture, your server icon, so if you have Nitro, you can make that different per server that you're in. Um, if you make that your character art, it will go when you're looking at your character's information, it will actually be on the little block. So you'll see an image of your character on there because it grabs from your server icon. Nice. Um, Bagel asks, can you multi-class? We talked briefly about that and that's something that's potentially coming later because it's a hell of a lot more coding to do. Uh, Reader asks, can you replay quests? We said that that depends on the quest, some of them will. Uh, Mythical asks, is there romance? So is there PvP, trading, and romancing between players? Or is that all um, multiplayer-based? You can choose to romance other characters, but that's, hell, that's up to you. I mean, you could always try to romance other characters. You're gonna turn this, MM, turn this turn this MMO into a um, a dating sim as well. Um, we might add something like that uh, eventually, just because that's kind of funny. If you're playing a super idea. seductive bard or something. Can you seduce the guards? Can you can you romance you your way into like, getting better the bard has at the shop like fifty people or something yeah. like that the yeah. board actually keeps finding new players and they're like you wanna <laughs> you wanna get married or something but they're actually secretly married to like yeah, 60 they, other characters they, they end up with a um a situation like um it's called her you mix in the movie her where um uh, joaquin phoenix uh, falls in love with scarlett johansson as an operating system yeah yep. yeah it's, it's yeah. like that at the end of that movie where she's like because she's an operating system she's also in a romantic relationship with like 60,000 other people. Yep, exactly. Uh, so right now there isn't like a romance setting. Uh, we even got asked by somebody in our community if they could adopt children so that they could um, abandon them later or something terrible <laughs> like that. And I was like, I was like, what? No, you can't, opens up window to local authorities. Uh, but where, where are you based? Just for time zone reasons? Yeah, just wanting to know. Um, yeah, it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, so far we don't have anything like that. We might add that eventually. And something important to note, actually, anything that you guys are saying that I'm saying we don't have yet, is that one thing we really, really will add uh, and we will focus on a lot is suggestions. So we will have a section on the Discord where you guys can put suggestions and other people can vote them higher on the list of priorities and things that we should consider adding. That way, beyond even just the characters, the lore, the creatures, and everything else that you can add into our world, mm. you can also suggest new features for the game or things that you think should be adjusted some way. That way, even if it's not a bug necessarily or something that's broken, we could maybe add it or change yeah, it however smart. like everybody kind of sees fit. Um, Rita asks, uh, if feasible, would you eventually want to add in music or cutscene videos, etc.? Other things um, outside of it being text-based. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. We have to look into how that would work with Discord, but we mm. had actually talked about that it would be so cool if eventually if it got big enough and we had the resources to have it so that you could actually hear the NPCs talking mm. or hear the sounds of the environment that you're in um, and things like that, because that would be so cool yeah. to also, it would be nice because then you don't have to read it, you could just hit play, yeah. and then there'd be like a recording of somebody talking. Um, but we'd have to look into that, and it would be a whole nother yeah, thing a... for, you're welcome, George. <laughs> Long-term long goals, sort of thing. Um, yeah. The, the uh, Discord itself, will it have like voice servers so that people of the guild can all go into their guild voice server and just audio chat while they're playing, or is that not something you've thought about? 
Yeah, we'll we'll have um, chat channels available. Mm -hmm. So if people wanted to chat uh, while they're doing maybe a dungeon or something like mm -hmm. that, they could. That way they can communicate um, with each other. Um, oh, important thing that I just remembered. Uh, so if this thing does scale and there's a lot of people that are playing, um, a lot of the gameplay is hidden from other people. So only you, as you're playing, will see what you're doing. So then other people don't see spoilers because wouldn't yeah, that, that suck sense. if you're yeah, on the yeah. same quest as somebody that's else and you see what they choose yeah, and where sense. it goes. So it's hidden. So um, of course, when there's multiplayer, we would have the option to have people go and pick up voice chats and stuff like that and go in there and be able to talk and go through stuff because yeah, they can't see sense. each other's stuff. Wonderful. That sounds like a good idea. And I think in the meantime, until voice and, and music is added to it, if that is ever going to come, uh, it would just be a good idea to have like a playlist, uh, like a suggested playlist of the sort of ambience of different areas. And you can be like, as you're entering Ooh. this one, feel free to feel free to use this Spotify playlist or whatever, uh, which which sets the scene for the start of Forest and gives, yeah. gives people a suggestion of, of what they can be listening to while they're playing, maybe. Um, Bagel asks, what's your favorite D&D &D monster? Ooh, monster as a whole. Mm. Um, hmm. Oh man, there are so many. People know mine is the uh, Displacer Beast. Oh, nice. And that one was really interesting how they did it in the movie. Yeah, really. I was really interested in that. I was like, oh, okay. I've never really thought about them projecting their image like, a, like an actual projector. Like yeah, it's so light. neat. Yeah, it's cool. Oh, gosh. Such a, such a good know. question, right? Says Bagel about her own question. <laughs> oh, man. See, I really like... Um, I really like either really cute things that are secretly deadly or really just gross, nasty-looking nasty creatures where okay, you're just like, this is mouth gross. Jibbering um, mouthers are one of my notoriously hated creatures because they're so gross. Big rolling mass of flesh and eyeballs and mouths. Exactly, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> um, anybody who ever watches our streams, you'll see that I bounce back and forth between drawing like really disgusting, like fleshy creatures, like you were just saying, yeah. to like adorable little puff balls that have like little nubby arms and look like they mm -hmm. squeak to talk. Um, so I always Bag Bagel's to gonna say... be very happy with your answer because that sounds like Bagel. Uh, yeah, she, in fact, she just also, said in the chat, we have the same brain. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because um, Bagel and I are both druids, according to your test, because yes. I went onto your Discord thing and I was chatting with everybody. Also, hi, you guys, I recognize some of you. Um, <laughs> but I took your really long, by the way, test thing that everybody was talking about. Uh, I don't know if you've even about. seen it. Nope. A lot of people in your um, Discord are taking this, like, 140 question what uh nobody has the time for that thing. shit no i'm telling you it's really popular in your discord um i love that you're like i don't even are? know um but yeah so everybody was taking that it was really funny uh and we got the same thing we're both druids apparently i'm naturally a druid why would it take 140 there's only 13 classes in the game 140 it's questions very are, very it's unnecessary detailed. Unnecessary. Almost everyone is ranger. Wait, so guys, guys, you're telling me you never had Rob take this? You never forced him into taking this test? Uh, it, would, it would have to be a stream. I, I'll have to. I'll have to do it on. How long did it take? An hour. 
Oh, yeah. It would take a while. The questions get really intense, too. They're like, would you ever betray a friend and something or another? Yes. And it, like, gets really detailed. For a price. Yes. All right. Um, oh. Almost at the bottom, uh, we've got five more questions. Jim Workshop asks me in a very trollish way, why transmutation was the worst, because I'm playing a transmutation wizard in his campaign. And that's because uh, the answer, Jim Workshop, is that they can use their brain to make a... Uh, a, a 69 centimeter diameter boulder of iron uh, fly through the air and land with the force of 32 kilograms of TNT, which I did in his game at level three, and it was basically, uh, it was basically like casting meteor swarm at level three. Oh dang! <laughs> because I used I used my real world physics uh, to transmute this rock and change it, and then I changed the mass and the all the rest of it, and then slammed it into a, a hillside with a catapult and exploded a bunch of things. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Relic Ripblade asks, how will the graphics be? Like OG RuneScape, or will it be more like Diablo? I think you got the wrong end of the stick, Relic Ripblade. This is going to be text-based in MMORPG, so it's going to be exceptional good graphics uh, to for the font. <laughs> Very um, great. Very fault, good font. Faulty says, is this just a new version of a Mux Mud type text-based game? I don't know what Mux Mud is. M-U-X, M-U-D. Uh, I've played ones that are like this. No idea. You ever heard of Mux Mud typed test text based games? Um, I have not, so I'd have to look into that. But uh, I know there isn't anything that's like ours on Discord, so I can answer that. It's the there first of its kind on Discord. First of its kind. Faulty says they're thirty years old. Wow. Um, no, I don't. I don't know what they are, and no, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be a Discord based thing. Uh, Mythical asks, can you team up with players of different levels? Help up a newbie. Uh, level 13 uh, helping in yeah. level 1 in a quest. So you could do that for dungeon crawls, but you also have to be careful because if the dungeon levels to the level of you, like the in-between, yeah, you might accidentally get them killed. <laughs> Just like accidentally. Oops, there we go. So you don't want to be too much above the person you're helping, otherwise you yeah. kind of screw them. And you can also be very nice and trade with them and help give them some resources, but there will be some limiting on that in that you couldn't have like somebody who's level 20 give a level one uh person a level 20 item yeah. and then the person's like woo you can't do that yeah uh, there's gonna cause... be uh, there's gonna be have to be a limitation on what trades are allowed i mentioned because trading something each thing's gonna have to be coded with a particular like value or worth to it and there's like a window outside of that that you can trade it for anything of this or higher value because otherwise you're also going to get into the problem of somebody tricking a newbie into being like oh trade with me for this crappy sword that's named in a way that doesn't sound like it's as good as it is or whatever and you get unfair trades happening that people are going to be pissed about so yeah having the having like a window of, of fair trade is going to be interesting uh, and the last question comes from thy fair lady uh, do you think you'll want to do limited time quests uh, one day where you can't make uh, where if you can't make it in time you don't get the loot so like here's the quest it's only going to be a quest for this amount of time um it's a special event thing, maybe, or like a uh, something to so, celebrate a, an anniversary of the game or something. And you can be like, look, if you can make it on this day, you get this extra quest, which comes with this collectible loot or something. I think that that would be kind of fun to do, to have quests like that. I don't know if we would do it in the individual quests, um, but I know that the events are technically timed. So the community events will only happen for a certain length of time. So then sense. say it's like this weekend, the whole weekend, 
um, is going to be this event is happening. And then after that, we say what happened as a result of everybody's choices um, to the event. And then everybody gets their loot and gets their rewards in accordance to what they were doing. Um, so that's kind of timed, but I don't know how much we would do timed uh, per like personal quests and like smaller quests. Um, but we might have something uh, like that where it's like a limited range. Maybe once you start it, you have to finish it within a certain time, but I don't know. We'll see. Like with a lot of things, it'll be like a, well, it's a, it's a very living process. We will work it out as we, <laughs> as it goes on, I suppose see what needs to change and see what suggestions are being made and such. Wonderful. Well, um, I believe we are unfortunately out of time. There's so much more that we could talk about with this with this game. There's so much more to be said and, uh, and known about this. Uh, but hey, that's what the Kickstarter is for. That's what Catchy Cantrips. Uh, you're going to be talking about it every time you're streaming, presumably. So if you aren't already, go check out Catchy Cantrips on, uh, on Twitch. Um, there's a shout out there. Thank you very much. Go click the uh, the link in the chat there and, uh, and and go and follow so that you're notified when Catch Countries goes live. Um, quite often you stream things related to this game, right? The creation of homebrew world, uh, creation of new monsters, so, uh, expanding the homebrew world that this is going to be set in, all that sort of stuff. <clears throat> yep, pretty much every stream now. Uh, Tuesday nights our time, which is Eastern time. Um, Tuesday nights, we do NPCs and item creation, and I draw those live while we're making them with the chat. Nice. And then on Wednesdays, we either are doing lore or we're doing creatures, uh, and they flip back and forth each week. I think this week coming up is going to be lore because we did creatures last week. Um, and then Sundays, uh, we do a chibi day, which is just me wanting to draw people's characters and stuff. Um, and I just literally, you add your name to the list and then I draw your character and it's just me getting to know you guys and getting to know people's characters and stuff. And I also just really like drawing chibis, which you don't know what a chibi is. It's, it's a little tiny body. It's really small with little nubby hands and then a giant fat head with big giant head, eyes. eyes. Yeah. Yep, like a little bobblehead. And it's really cute. And I love drawing them, especially because sometimes I get these people that are like, I have a really rugged character with a dark history and a dark <laughs> past. And then I draw them and their characters just like, and it, it's just funny. They're like this adorable little thing and they're like edgy backstory. I gotta, I gotta, ju I gotta jump in and get my, um, my NPC Archfey done as a chibi then. Oh got a, yes. Got a got an arch fake called the Merry Gentleman. It's my profile pic on Discord, and it's uh, it's the one the one NPC that I'm most well known for. Be very cute. cute oh yeah, you need to come in on Sunday then. What are you doing? Uh, Sunday. So your it's your time Sunday. So Sunday, what time? So it might be Monday for you. It's what time Sunday? Uh, for me, it is uh, two p.m. Eastern time. 2 p.m. So Eastern, which is three hours before the start of this stream, which is 6 a.m. for me on a Monday morning. Uh, so that's why I'm How early do you wake up? <laughs> uh, I barely get up in time for my 9 a.m. stream on a Monday, so maybe not. Uh, somebody else, somebody who can make a stream like that, go and submit for me on my behalf, the Merry Gentleman, please. <laughs> I'd love to see the Merry Gentleman as a chibi. So I'll definitely do that, yeah, yeah. There is there is not a not a chance in hell that I'm making a six a.m. Monday morning stream. Um, all right, 
this is, this has been an absolutely uh, an absolute delight. Uh, it's, it's been great to get to know you a little better. I've I've caught a couple of your streams, and I was really grateful for you to, to reach out and say, hey, uh, do you want to help us out with this this um, this this Kickstarter? And uh, and having looked at the Kickstarter, it took me like all of a few minutes to be like, yeah, absolutely. This sounds sounds like a fantastic project, and I'm happy to happy to support it. Uh, so, is there anything else that you want to tell people in the last couple of uh, moments here? Um, anything you want to push or that we haven't talked about? Or... Oh gosh, um, no, I think we pretty much covered everything. You mostly uh, just on Twitch. Do you guys use anything else? Do you put your vods up on YouTube? Do you have a YouTube that people should go and check out? An Instagram and um, Twitter. So we have some of our past episodes of our campaign up on YouTube, and then we have a bunch of things, including some of the creations and stuff that we've made with our community uh, on our Instagram. A lot of our Instagram right now is just us talking about this game, because of course we're trying to get the word out and get all the information on it. Um, and then we're on Twitch and obviously on Discord. We have our community on there, because that's what this whole thing is about. Um, and then beyond that, I don't think we, I mean, we have our Twitter, but that's just me writing random stuff. So I don't know if you're interested in that. Ah. Um, <laughs> but I think, I think that's pretty much it. We do have a website and I would love for anybody and everybody to go check out our website. Uh, it is just catchycantrips.com. And I myself made that website from scratch um, on like, not just a plop drag and drop website builder but like it took a lot of hours so hey, anybody you know who's willing to look already. at it you must know a little about um, coding to do something like that then. i know a little bit of html and stuff but i did use a, a website thing that's called webflow you still have to manually enter in the size and dimensions yeah. of everything and like what you have to do but you can avoid code it's like coding without coding there's some aspects where having a little bit of knowledge on HTML yeah. is helpful, but it's really snazzy. You can make a really detailed website with it. Um, but yes, uh, I did remember one thing. So I want to emphasize because this was such a confusion for some reason on our bot. Our, our bot, if I haven't said it enough, is written like the, the text of it is written by us. So we are writing all of the things that you're going to be interacting with. Mm -hmm. However, that being said, it is automated, and so it will be open 24-7. You can go in, you can play your quests, you can interact with it at any time. Um, and the only part of it that's AI is the battles. And the battles are AI because the creatures and enemies that you battle are um, have different ranges of intelligence so that they make them reactive. So then say you're doing something to try to paralyze them, they might keep their distance more or say um, they need to heal and they have that ability. They might choose to heal instead of just attacking you endlessly okay. so that it makes every battle unique, even yeah, with the same that's creature. Awesome. That's amazing, mm -hmm. that sounds really fun. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining. Um, if you haven't already, go check out Catchy Cantrips and obviously go to Kickstarter and hit the uh, Saviors of Careers and consider uh, supporting them because it sounds like an incredible project. Um, until next time then, this has been a short rest. We have recovered our hit points enough to go and deal with the kobolds now. We're going to continue through this little dungeon uh, fighting kobolds uh, and see if we can survive it. I will see you guys on the next one. Bye!
That's all for that episode of Short Rest, but if you want to be there for the next one live, don't forget to head over to twitch.tv forward slash roberthartleygm and click the little love heart to follow the channel. Alternatively, you could wait for it to hit my YouTube channel at roberthartleygm, or if you really enjoy my work and want me to keep making it, head over to patreon.com and consider supporting me a few dollars a month. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.